Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hey, this is Kevin Kelly, and you are listening to the Stardom Cast. This is Jesse from Club Venus from Stardom, and you're watching Stardom Cast. Guys, and welcome to the Stardom Cast, your weekly audio source of all things World Wonder Ring Stardom. I'm your host, Rob Good, and I'm joined as ever by Mr. Matt Turner. Matt Turner, how are you, good sir? Rob Goodwin, my good brother, I am fantastic. And folks, the friends and family of the Stardom Cast, if you're ever wondering or questioning how much Rob and I love doing this podcast. After tomorrow, when we do our alternate commentary, we will have spent about four and a half to five hours of the last 30 hours of our life recording for the Stardom Cast podcast. And I don't know about you, brother. I'm having an absolute blast. Absolutely. Absolutely. We wouldn't be doing it if we didn't love it. But uh, yeah, considering uh, considering every episode we've done this week, it's uh, it's been, it's been a long week. We hope you all uh, you all enjoy the content. But Matt... How are you? What's going on in the world of Turner? I understand that you've got a pretty busy weekend. Yeah, I sure did. Um, I had uh, I was away at Catch Camp, the uh, quarterly Catch Camp at the Snake Pit USA. Uh, so that was not only was that super busy, but keep in mind on Friday we had a surprise birthday party for my aunt and my all my family from where I live now is about an hour away. So um, that happened Friday night. I think we got done around 10 o'clock, an hour drive home, put us home around 11. And then I woke up at quarter to three to watch the five-star final. Uh, As soon as the final was over, I was able to shower, take about a 20-minute nap, get a protein shake in me, and then drive two hours to uh, catch wrestle for nine hours, and then drive two hours back home for about seven hours of sleep, which is actually more than normal. And then drive another two hours for another six hours of catch wrestling camp. Then drove two hours home. And I thought, well, Monday, Monday was my daughter's birthday. So happy 19th birthday. Crazy to say to my daughter, Lily. So I was taking Monday off work. I was like, you know what? My pot of gold at the end of this crazy week rainbow for me is to watch the AEW Wrestle Dream show and have a few stardom cast beers, which we'll get into in a moment, my brother. Um, but I wasn't sure if I was able to stay up. Not only did I stay up, Rob, I was up to about 1230 quarter to one talking to people online because I was pretty well hammered. So that was my <laughs> weekend. That was my weekend in general. So, yeah, I was uh, I was it was heavy and hard. It was phenomenal. I just 
I love being this busy. I love that sense of accomplishment. I love really pushing myself, you know, on a mental capacity and a physical capacity just to see if I can do all this stuff. And uh, I don't want to put myself over, pat myself on the back. I think I'm doing pretty well, my friend. I think I'm doing pretty well. But how's everything with you? Honestly, my man, it's all good. Nothing crazy happening this weekend, but uh, yeah, it's it's all going well. I mean, like you say, it's just uh, it's nonstop with this. Um, we've just at this time of recording, we've just done our interview with Jesse of Club Venus, so that will be dropping in your feeds over this weekend. Lovely interview jess he is an absolutely lovely person and i can't wait for you to hear the interview um but yeah Matt, she, it, it was interesting to hear some of the insights she gave yeah sure was buddy sure was we had a lot of really good info off that off that interview now as you know ladies and gentlemen we have got a significant amount to cover today you are here because we now have completed the 2023 five-star Grand Prix. The final was on the 30th of September in the Yokohama Budokan. We are going to be talking all about that later on. Uh, We're also going to be talking about New Blood 11, what the We Are Stardom uh, Twitter page labelled the best new blood so far we will be uh, talking about that and whether that is correct spoiler it probably is um and we're also going to be previewing the latest pay-per-view from stardom which is taking place as we record in five days time monday the 9th um at nagoya golden fight so we'll be previewing that card as well there's a whole heap of news we need to go into as well but before we get into all of that matt turner what is coming up on Patreon? You mean our Patreon, sir? Well, since you asked me, I may as well tell you. I fancy myself a gentleman. Uh, this past <laughs> week, we released our alternate commentary of Azuki challenging Utami Hayashista for the World of Stardom Championship. Uh, and then next week, the beginning of next week, our next alternate commentary will be from All-Star Dream Cinderella as Yushinko returns to stardom to take on the icon of stardom, Mayu Iwatani. We will actually, as we're recording this, we will be recording that match tomorrow. And I know Rob is super excited to watch that one with me. So uh, that'll be on your Patreon feeds early next week. Also, by the middle of the month, give or take, the Shuri SWA uh, Championship review, that should be up on the Patreon as well. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Rob, but I have some maybe some breaking news for what's going to happen on the Patreon in the month of November. Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't that Steve from our Patreon? Uh, didn't he suggest that we should do a future what if, as if what if Team Blue and Gold, myself and Andy Header, were part of the Goddess of Stardom tournament? I believe that was exactly what Steve suggested. Well, Steve, Steve, you also have suggested that, uh, you know, kind of in a gist, kind of in a funny way, that we should come out with our own beer, which we did. And again, I'll get to that in a second. So he threw this out at us. I immediately text Andy Header when we got my tag partner, when we got off the podcast, asked him if this was something that he wanted to do. And he said, absolutely. So our what if episode for November will be, what if Matt Turner and Andy Header we're involved into stardom. We're going to, me, Andy, and Rob, we're going to book ourselves in stardom uh, in the year 2023. Now, I know the general idea was to have us in the Goddess of Stardom tournament, but I thought that might have been a little bit too 
I, I'm going to be selfish on this one, Rob. If we put ourselves this year's Goddess of Stardom tournament, we would not see Team Blue and Gold versus Meltier, Wingori against uh, Asai Kamatani and Utami, Aphrodite. So instead of just being in the Goddess of Stardom tournament, it's going to be myself, Andy, and Rob are going to book us as if we were part of stardom in the year 2023. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be a fun episode. So, as always, Steve, thanks for the uh, thanks for the idea. Again, we always say at the end of the episode, if you have any ideas or suggestions, let us know. does not matter how crazy it is. There's a good chance it's going to happen, and that'll happen next month. But what happened this weekend, again, Steve threw it out to us a couple months ago in a joking way, said, you guys should come out with your own beer. I contacted my good buddy, Norm, who owns uh, the owner and proprietor of Funk Brewing, and it is released. The Stardom Cast Beer is out there on the shelves. Now, they only made 10 cases, and they graciously gave two to me. Um, the only place that you can get it is at the Funk Tap Room in Emmaus, Pennsylvania. Emmaus, Pennsylvania is about an hour or so drive from Philadelphia. And if you can't make it to the Tap Room in Emmaus, but you're somewhere in the tri-state area, hit me up. Uh, maybe I can grab you, you know, a four pack or a 12 pack or a case, and maybe we can meet up somewhere and figure something out. But I'm not just saying this because I love funk brewing and it's our beer. It is absolutely delicious. It's a sour blueberry beer. Now, usually these funk beers usually run about eight and a half to nine percent alcohol content. So you have two of them and it kind of knocks you on your ass. But these are kind of a lighter beer. I think it's like 5.3 or 5.4. And again, Rob, they're brewed with real blueberries. So not only are you getting your vitamins in, you're getting your antioxidants as well. So, I mean, what more What more would you want? What more could you possibly want, Matt? Fresh, but it's basically one of your five a day. Yeah, there you go. There you go, Rob. So we're promoting beer and healthy living here on the Stardom Cast. We do it all, my man. Absolutely, absolutely. I can't wait to sample a can. Mize, obviously, hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, depending on how I treat him, is uh, going to keep a can back for me when I go to uh, to Philly. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, and yeah, just uh, all the crazy suggestions. Keep them coming because uh, you never know. They might not be that crazy. Um, Matt, if there's nothing else you want to talk about, and there might be, I don't know, um, I think we should head into this absolute raft of news that we've got to talk about. Go for it, brother. Do your best, kind sir. Well, the first thing we probably need to talk about, and I'd feel slightly wrong if it wasn't the first thing we addressed, is that Stardom have been hit with another raft of injuries. We reported last week that Utami had been sidelined with a cervical hernia, I believe it was, um, uh, and she would have to therefore forfeit the remaining matches of her five-star block. She's also been uh, been confirmed to be out of the tag league as well. Sai Kamatani also on the shelf at the moment with that uh, that broken wrist. Joining them on the shelf, unfortunately, it came out on the We Are Stardom Twitter page that uh, Natsupoy will be out of action for a t- for the time being due to the exact same injury as Utami, the cervical hernia. So the card has been changed, um, which is a massive, massive shame. But we're going to be talking a little bit about Natsupoy um, and her performance on the on the final night and. Uh, how well she gutted through, obviously being in a tremendous amount of pain. But that isn't where Stardom's woes end. It was reported just before the uh, just before the final 
that Starlight Kid and Mayu had been taken off the card. Mayu was put into the pre-show rumble and that Starlight Kid will be out of action with an ankle injury. Um, now, the ankle injury is an injury that she sustained at the New Blood show. Um, from what I saw or from what I gleaned, uh, it was literally the first move of the match. Um, Hannon hit a dropkick to Starlight Kid's leg. Um, and I think the way Kid landed um, sort of twisted over her ankle. Um, she, again, gutted through the rest of the match, which was very, very impressive. Um, but that's now four pretty big stars on the stardom roster out through injury. Um, it's brought a lot of changes to the Goddess of Stardom Tag League, which we're going to be talking about in a minute. It's brought a lot of changes to the pay-per-view card, which we're going to be talking about in a minute as well. But I just wanted to bring this up, Matt. Now, obviously, to quote that old famous quote, this ain't ballet. Okay, you know, wrestlers get hurt. It's a contact sport, for lack of a better phrase. You know, people are going to get hurt. And you look at, for example, the Starlight Kid one, something like that can't be helped. You know, you look at Natsu Katora in 2021, she was jumping off the apron. You know, stuff like this happens. But by that same token, I did see a discussion on Twitter with a friend of the show at Peps Wrestling. Um, uh, quoted something about Starlight Kids proposing a reform of the five-star system so that every wrestler finishes the tournament without injury. Um, uh, and then Peps goes on to say maybe four blocks with seven wrestlers each. And Bowling JD on Twitter then quoted it and said, I don't think um, the schedule was the issue. Athletes get hurt, it's wear and tear. Um, maybe they need to calm down on outside or extra bookings and lay off the mid-tour pay-per-views like Dream Tag. And obviously, in a nutshell, Matt, I just wanted to get your thoughts on, obviously, you know, the the unfortunate injuries to both Natsupoy and Starlight Kid. Obviously, we hope that they are they are going to be better sooner rather than later. But also, how much... Obviously, you are a wrestler, Matt. You perhaps know better than uh, the most how much this schedule, this full-on schedule that Stardom have, how much that is going to impact and have they have ultimately sort of contributed to their own downfall a little bit by adding in these extra dates in the middle of an already jam-packed schedule. I mean, you look at the five-star final, you have the tournament, you add New Blood, then the final, and then a Corican, all in the space of three days is is the schedule a little bit too much um or is this just part and parcel of what happens in wrestling well let's look at it two ways i guess yes or no let's look at the two ways you always want to get more reps in right because the more you do something doesn't matter what it is whether it's podcasting whether it's writing 84 books whether it's you, you anything that you wanted to do you know you're going to want to get more reps in because you're just going to get better. So the fact that Stardom did have these three shows and the fact that the second show, meaning the five-star final, it's one of the biggest shows of the year. I'd argue top two or three. So 
you know, you got to look at it. You're going to go in there. You're going to be getting more matches. You're getting more reps. At the same time, you're getting more exposure for yourself. You're making more money because you're selling more tickets. If you run three shows against two, Uh, again, you're signing more autographs. You're in front of different audiences. Thus, it gets not only your brand out of a Starlight Kid or a Mayu or Sai Kamatani, but also gets the brand out of stardom as well. So you you have that. And maybe a lot of times, the more times you wrestle, it'll callous your body more. Your timing's going to be better. Your strikes are going to be hitting hard in safe places better because you're doing it again more reps. So there's that one spot where it's just like maybe not because of that. There's a lot of good that can come with it. But then again, at the same time, if you're doing something that you love way too much, maybe you do a little bit too much and you can have a little bit of a burnout. Maybe you're tired and you're not taking that bump properly or you're not taking your care of your opponent as well as you should because you have that little bit of that burnout. So you can kind of look at it at two ways, Rob. If you're asking me which answer to go to, I really don't know. I really don't know because I've never worked at that Blitzkeek schedule. I mean, I think the most I ever did, I think was like five shows in a row. And that was, you know, a long time ago. So um, again, you can look at it one or two ways. I understand that where a lot of people are saying, well, the reason why this is happening because they're running too many shows and they're getting injured. I see that. But last year around this time, they ran not as many shows, but it was right up there and nobody was really injured. I just think the fact that all these injuries just happened, uh, you know, with Saya's injury and now Starlight Kids injury, that these injuries happened in the last two months that now we're like, well, now we have four big stars that are on the shelf. They need to, you know, uh, People need to armchair quarterback this and they need to point the finger to something and they're pointing at whether they're running too many shows. Uh, yes and no. WWE ran over, you know, 300 shows. Uh, and they probably will still do. And, you know, you do you, some wrestlers just don't get injured because they, they callous their body. Their timing's better. So, uh, yeah, you can kind of look at it either way, my friend, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. Um, I just sort of I wanted to play a little bit of devil's advocate there. Um, obviously, it is a grueling schedule. These tournaments, obviously, you know, we've seen people drop out of the G one. We've seen people drop out of um, the five star before. Obviously, we had Julia drop out in twenty twenty one. We had Saya Kamatani right at the start of this tournament, so you can't really say it's Saya on on Saya. Saya did it performing a spot on the opening night. So, unfortunately wrestlers do get hurt it's part and parcel of the sport um and i think what hasn't helped as you mentioned matt is the fact that we had a glut of injuries all together and they all seem to be relatively serious um you know in terms of a longer period on the sidelines all four are missing from the tag league so you know whether that is just as a precaution or whether that is because they are physically incapable. I know that Azumi is being rested um, from the show, I believe the Corican show, all the way through to the Tag League. Um, I don't think she's on many, if uh, if any, of the cards. So it's going to be interesting, certainly. Um, obviously, we talked about the, um, the Tag League. It's a good job that Stardom have a deep roster. Um, because the tag league has had to change. So we announced the blocks last week, um, and this is going to be starting on the 15th of October. So in 11 days' time as we record, the new blocks are as follows. So in the red goddess block, you have got Mafia Bella, Julia, and Tekla, Suri and Saki Kashima, Saya Ida and Hanako, Suzu Suzuki and Mei Seira, 
Um, Mina Shirakawa and Waka Tsukiyama, Risa Seira and Kurumi Hiragi of prominence, and then Natsukatora and Momo Watanabe of Aweritai. And then in the blue goddess block, you've got Micah and Megan Bain, uh, Maiwi Watani and Hanan. FWC, Hazuki and Koguma, Mirai and Mei Sakurai, Tam Nakano and Yuna Mizumori, Azumi and Miyu Amasaki, O2 Line, um, and then Amisori and Lady C. So uh, thank you to Scotty Wrestling on Twitter, who has actually just posted a post with the changes. Um, so how the injuries have impacted the tournament is that FWC have switched blocks. Um, obviously, Starlight Kid now misses out so it's Momo and Natsukatora to team up and Ruwaka is out of the tournament Utami Hayashida and Natsupoy are out of the tournament Yuna Mizumori is now going to team with Tam Nakano and Lady C is now going to team with Amitsuri there's also wider implications for the um Nagoya Golden Fight pay-per-view as I mentioned before initially we were going to have a Goddess of Stardom Championship match with the champions Natsupoy and uh, Seoriano taking on the challengers Utami and Izumi. Obviously, both Natsupoy and Utami are now out with injury, so it is now going to be a singles match, Izumi versus Seoriano. We know from their five-star match that they can make very, very good magic together. Um, and the opening gauntlet tag that was supposed to open the show. That is now going to be a six-way match. So, Matt, um, lots and lots of changes, um, but overall, overall, they've managed to sort of paper over the cracks in terms of that Goddess of Stardom tag league. Um, still some good teams in there. I'm very intrigued by the Natsukatora and Momo Watanabe team. Um, and I think FWC switching blocks. So we've got the likes of Mai Wiwitani and Hanan taking on Hazuki and Kagama and Micah and Megan Bain taking on Hazuki and Kagama. It's going to make for an interesting tournament. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't. I'm looking at the blocks now, and I, I've had a lot of people say, "Pick me a winner." And buddy, I, I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Obviously, we'll cover it in uh, in greater detail soon. But yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at the red block. You're going to get Julia and Tecla Mafia Bella versus Mesera and Suzu Suzuki. And yeah, I think uh, FWC switching their blocks. You're going to see FWC versus uh, Mayu and Hanan and FWC versus O2 line, which might be the two matches that I might be looking forward to the most. And uh, speaking of looking forward to the most, my friend, this loaded pay-per-view on a Monday. It's kind of random, <laughs> right? Um, out of all the matches that I was looking forward to the most, it was that tag title match with mm-hmm. Izumi and Utami versus Sayori Anu and uh, Natsupoi. Sayori Poi, as you call them. And obviously with the injuries, they had to get it changed. But uh, this Azumi-Sayori match may be pretty good, Rob, because uh, I heard rumors that uh, Azumi and Sayori are really good at wrestling. So not sure if you heard those. I've, I've heard rumors that that Azumi is, uh, that Azumi is all right. Um, so in, in answer to your question, 
Um, I think Blue Block was impacted a little bit more with the injuries. So, you know, putting an established team in there and Hazuki and Kagame makes the most sense, especially when you've actually only got taking prominence out of the running for a second, when you've only got three established teams in the first place um, in O2 line, in Mafia Bella and in uh, FWC. It makes sense to put them in, you know, for lack of a better phrasing, the weaker block. Um, I. In terms of Red Goddess, I'd be very, very surprised if Mafia Bella aren't there or thereabouts. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if it's prominence that knock them out. I think your three teams from that block are Julia and Tekla, Suzu, Suzuki and Maysera, and um, prominence. Though, don't discount that Awedatai team. Because, and I will point this out, one of the only predictions I got right for the five-star was that Tora would be at the top of the block um early on so that was my one thing um you've got a couple other ones right you got the dates right i said the final's gonna happen on this day day 19 is gonna have on this day don't shortchange yourself buddy i did i did go me <laughs> um <laughs> and i i do like this micah and megan bain team um there doesn't seem to be a weak link in that team so i'd be i'd be surprised if they aren't there or thereabouts as well um i don't want to touch too much on the show from the 1st of October, the Corican show, because it isn't up on Stardom World yet, so we can't talk about it. Um, and I don't want to spoil things for people um, who haven't seen it. There is quite a bit of news coming out of that show, but we'll talk about it next week um, when we are going to hopefully have the pay-per-view for you as well. And Matt, the reason it's on a Monday, apparently the 9th of October, I learned, is a uh, national holiday in Japan. Um, New Japan are also running their destruction in Ryogoku show on that day as well with Sonada and Evil on top. So, yeah, apparently that's the reason they're running it on a Monday. It is a holiday. Um, just because I know Matt loves a press conference, I do just want to touch on the press conference that Storm did when they announced the uh, the rejigged blocks and things like that. Um, Mina has noted that obviously with Mariah May spoilers leaving to come home, to come back to England, um, that Club Venus is just her and whacker. Um, so she is working on finding a new Japanese member of Club Venus and noted that that person she's looking at took part in New Blood. So uh, allow your speculation to run wild um whether it is going to be sexy dynamite princess um uh who knows um, to say that i mean we know how much tecla enjoyed being a part of club venus uh maybe tecla will rejoin them um in one of the weirdest yet funniest one-off matches we got in stardom um but yes i'm i am intrigued to see who is going to be on that um, uh, another thing to point out, we have called for it so many times and apparently Stardom have listened. Um, uh, Mayu Iwatani is going to be defending the IWGP Women's Championship, Matt Turner. She is. It's going to be her second title defense. She's going to be defending it at New Japan Pro Wrestling Lone Star Shootout in Garland, Texas on the 10th of November according to the Wrestling Observer newsletter. She did, at the pay-per-view at the five-star final, she did call out literally every single woman 
um, I believe the exact promo was. She called out everyone. Um, and again, there was some some things coming out of the Corican. Um, not a concrete challenger by any stretch of the imagination, but certainly putting wheels in motion. But it looks like we will be getting Mayu in the States, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. Mayu in the States again for the second time in uh, the better part of a uh, year and change. So unfortunately, Texas is a little bit of ways away from me, so I will not be attending that show. But I think it's a great way to get out uh, a wrestler. Um, you know, Mayu Otani, a wrestler that me and you hold very high regard into some fresh eyes over here into some states and the great state of Texas as well. So uh, it's a win-win-win for a lot of people there. Uh, and, the f- and, and the biggest win of all is the fact that Mayu will have her second title defense in a matter of about uh, two months. So uh, here we go. Maybe they're, uh, they're looking at everything that Julia's doing and like, oh, this th- this works. Oh, this Mayu, she's pretty good. You know, she'll draw money. This works. Copy an A, get an A, Rob Goodwin. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to be fair, she has held that belt for 164 days. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, make, make of that what you will. So I'm looking forward to that. Obviously, that will be airing on New Japan World, unless it's a pay-per-view, in which case you might have to wait a little bit longer. But we will talk to you about that match. So don't you worry. Um, uh, obviously, the main event of, or not the main event, the um, the standout match from the Korokan show was Azumi versus Mayu Iwatani. I'm not going to spoil that match for anyone, but I did just want to make a little bit of a note. So uh, we are now, as we record, the 4th of uh, October. Uh, when this comes to our free feed on the 6th, of October, it will be a special anniversary. It'll be an anniversary of Azumi making her pro wrestling debut, October the sixth, two thousand and thirteen. Which means Matt, she was eleven, eleven years old, and that's when she made her debut. Not when she started training, when she made her debut. That is ridiculous. Now, Matt, I don't know if you can remember what you were doing when you were 11, but I would argue it wasn't wrestling. Or, well, no, it wasn't professional wrestling because (laughs) both of us would have been wrestling when we were 11, just on trampolines. Yeah, trampolines are uh, because what wasn't the smartest and still at 41 years old and not the smartest. It might have been just probably my backyard or on concrete walls or, uh, you know what I could have happened? There was a a very, a fight that me and my brother got into that still talked about to my dad through this day where we put each other through the front door. And I think I might've been 11 or 12 when that happened. So even though I was not wrestling in the stardom ring, it's a good possibility I put my brother through a metal door. So... (laughs) You put your brother through a door. He's hey, he was two years old, and I think he started it. I just finished it, brother. Do you say he was two years old or two years older? Two year, two years older. Right, I was just gonna say that's fine. He was two years old, which oh, in that case, you'll bounce through the door. It'll be fine. Rob's like, I gotta edit this out. (laughs) I'm absolutely not editing that out. Um, No. And finally, final bit of news, because, again, there's, there's stuff coming out of the Corican, but I want to leave that to uh, to when we actually talk about the Corican. Um, the Pro Wrestling Kitsune show um, that has been run by uh, Eric of the Joshi Pod um, has made a match announcement. Now, obviously, Konami was announced on that card not so long ago, and her match for that show has uh, been confirmed. It's a tag match. Her and Willow Nightingale taking on Mercedes Martinez and Janai Kai. Um, uh, 
that, Matt, is a very bloody tasty matchup. Yeah, is that the one that's in California, Rob? It is in Los Angeles, California, October 22nd, uh, 4pm start at um, the GD7 5 West Avenue, 3rd floor, Los Angeles, California, 90005. Oh, as tasty as that matchup sounds, you totally threw me off when you said that this show's on the 3rd floor. Oh, man, I remember moving <laughs> up that Ring of Honor ring in the Manhattan Center. I'm getting uh, PTSD. That's a fantastic match. And for all of our listeners on the West Coast fans, uh, all of our listeners on the West Coast, first of all, hello, how are you? Definitely uh, get it. If you have the opportunity, go and see that show. And if any of our listeners are going to that show, let us know how it is. You know, send us some notes and we'll give you a shout out on the air. But that whole entire show looks really good. And I know they're running one on the East Coast. Unfortunately, that is uh, it's down in the Orlando area, which is uh, all the way pretty much on the other side of the East Coast from where I'm at. So I will not be able to make any of those shows. But I definitely am interested in uh, watching them because they both look like two loaded shows. And it's nice to see the Joshi style of uh, professional wrestling making its way over to the States with all the uh, the fantastic wrestling that we've been seeing here lately, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. And it does put pressure on us when we inevitably uh, when we inevitably create the Stardom Cast wrestling promotion um, because we've got to top this card. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know if we're going to be able to do that, Matt. We'll, uh, we'll have to discuss this off air. They're saying that I don't want to say too much because I guarantee Steve will say, uh, "Well, what about creating your own promotion?" <laughs> They'll end up coming into uh, coming into fruition <laughs> like the bloody beer. Um, let's start talking about these shows then. Um, uh, we'll need we'll talk in a little bit about New Blood, um, the New Blood show, but there was a five star show that we didn't quite get chance to talk about because it wasn't on uh, Stardom World last week, um, <clears throat> and this was the show from the twenty fourth of September in Sanjo Nagata, Japan, um, from the Sanjo City Public Welfare Hall in front of 504 people. I'm just going to whiz through the card. One sole five-star match from it, from the Red Block, um, and Matt will just will just talk very, very briefly about this card. Singles match opening the card. Hannon defeating Wakasukiyama in six minutes and two seconds. Three-way match, Koguma defeating Saki Kashima and Yuna Mizumori in 6 minutes and 45 seconds in a very entertaining three-way, as you can imagine, with Koguma and Saki in there. Uh, tag team match then, Meisteira and Suzu Suzuki defeated Hanako and Megan Bain in 9 minutes and 54 seconds. In the only five-star match on the card, Suri moved to 11 points, defeating Starlight Kid, who remains on four and rounds out her quite miserable tournament in terms of point getting um, in 10 minutes and 56 seconds in your semi main event club Venus rose gold teaming together for the final time Mariah May and Mina Shirakawa defeated the Oweratai team of Natsukatora and Ruaka in 11 minutes and 42 seconds and then in your main event, the Donna Del Mondo team of Julia and Micah defeated the Stars team of Hazuki and Saya Ida in 14 minutes and 6 seconds. But ordinarily when Saya Ida eats the pin, I'm very down on it. Here, however, I felt like more than ever they were building up to something. And that excites me greatly, Martin. Yeah, and uh, the finish of the match, Rob, not only was it uh, the Glorious Driver from Julia that put away uh, Saida. They, she needed a new version on it. It was a Tornado Glorious driver, but that's not all. 
Julia and Micah had to go back to the 90s. Yes, the 90s, and hit the Holy Demon Army finish on site either to set up the Glorious Drivers. So they literally, they knew in order to defeat Stardom Cast's favorite, Saida, that they just couldn't use, you know, their normal fantastic moveset that they had to go to one of my favorite tag teams of all time, Toshaki Kawada, Nakara, Tawe, the Holy Demon Army, to defeat Saida. But yeah, they did a great job building up what is looks like it's going to be Saida versus Julia. And my money is on that this is going to be for the New Japan, New Japan, easy for me to say, strong championship. That's the way that I saw it, my friend. How about you? Yeah, absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. Um, I think in terms of um, just talking about Sayurida again for a minute, just talking about how she's from being an afterthought or what we perceive to be an afterthought for so long, we seem to, with the result of um, New Blood, with this program with Julia, do we dare call it a program? Um, it seems that she's finally getting a little bit of recognition, the recognition she deserves. And Matt, I don't want to say that it is solely because of the stardom cast. Um, I think that would be premature. But I would argue that we started bigging up Sayurida and suddenly she's been pushed. I'd argue that can't be coincidence. I think between that and the fact that she won the green block in the five-star Grand Prix, which they did not acknowledge. <laughs> they did not acknowledge. There's two things that Stardom did not acknowledge. There's one was Saida winning the green block. And when they did the awards, they did announce that you and Scotty Wrestling tied for most handsome. So uh, I just want to, that's our job to pull. That's our job to point that point those two things out funny. That's why they were the best that we can do. But in all seriousness, yeah, that ma- the match was awesome. Obviously, Hazuki was in there as well, which it's obviously Hazuki and Julia and, and Micah. So that was really good. Mm-hmm. But they spotlighted Saida in this match, and they did it for a reason. And I say this almost every week on the show, that whenever Julia's in a match where she needs to lift somebody up that's kind of on the mid-card, she doesn't. She does it almost better than anybody on the roster. And she really did well here. And making Saida a legit threat towards Julia. Um, had they had they not have had this, uh, had had, if they didn't have this Julia versus mercedes Monet match in their back pocket, which I think that's where they're going, I wouldn't be shocked if Saida would upset Julia and win the strong championship. Because I think Saida would be a great representative with that belt. You know, not only here in the States, but maybe uh, England, you know, in Japan as well. Maybe somewhere in 2024, we may see a Saida New Japan Strong Championship. Because if anybody can, uh, you know, embody what New Japan Strong, you know, that strong style really means in stardom, it's one Saida, Rob Goodwin. Oh, yeah. Gorilla power. Gorilla power for days. Um, There was quite a lot. Considering there was only one five-star match on this card. It was a decent, it was a very solid card. Um, like I said, you've got the comedy in uh, Kagamasaki, Kashima, and Yuna Mizumori. Um, Kagama and Yuna Mizumori teaming up to uh, to try and defeat the Slippery Saki, which I thought was... The, the chemistry between Saki and Kagama is extremely entertaining. And you throw Yuna Mizumori in there, who's got brilliant comic timing, and it just it makes for a very entertaining three-way. Um, I enjoy, I thought the emotion of Mariah May and Mina t- teaming for the last time was beautiful, and then Mariah upped it by... Uh, well, we'll talk about it in a moment, but she upped it with her uh, performance at the five-star finals. And then, of course, Suri dominating Starlight Kid and subjecting her to uh, a pretty poor points total. Let's be perfectly honest, Matt. Four points, um, the lowest get of anyone in the tournament that wasn't Saya Kamatani. 
um, which we don't know what the result would have been against Mayu. And obviously, Hannon only got to six points because of Utami's injury. But yeah, four points. I'd argue that's a bit of a slump for the Black Tiger. Considering the fact that she had one of the greatest Wonder Stardom Championship matches last year with Saya Kamatani, um, and the fact that the last two years she's been pretty much in contention going into the, the final stretch of these shows to win her block. And I know we did the preview show. We're like, look, only two people can make it to the finals. Only one person can win. But who can benefit from this tournament? And pretty much everybody did. Everybody's stock went up in this tournament, except for one Starlight Kid. Um Again, the matches were great. It's Starlight Kid. She can wrestle on anybody. She's going to have a great match. And she's wrestling the likes, you know, of Micah. She's wrestling the likes of Mina. She's wrestling the likes of uh, of, of Sherry. Um, you know, I'm sorry, I have the wrong block. But uh, but you know what I mean. So she's wrestling the, the you know the best of the best. You know, she had Natsupoy in the uh, the first the uh, the first night. So the matches are going to be good. But the fact that she ate an L on everyone, just about everyone, I was like. Where are they going with Starlight Kid? And uh, maybe this injury might be, you know, there's never any good time to get an injury. Maybe this might be a blessing in disguise where maybe she goes away for a little bit and then maybe comes back a a little bit rejuvenate. You know, there's an old saying, how can I miss you if you don't go away? So Starlight Kid, who only, again, the matches were great. It's Starlight Kid. She's one of the best wrestlers in the world. She's somebody that's supposed to be a heel, but I think a lot of people just cheer her because one, she's so great in the ring. She's got that great charisma, uh, charisma. Uh, when she comes into the ring and uh, she just does a great job connecting with the audience. So when she comes back, you know, hopefully a hundred, well, it would be a hundred percent healed up. Maybe we'll see maybe a, you know, maybe a little bit different star like kid and they can start pushing her towards the top of that card, you know, for the world of stardom championship and the wonder of stardom championship. I wonder as well, how, well, a couple of things. I wonder if, the injury to Sai Kamatani and the rejigging of Red Block. I wonder how much that impacted Starlight Kid's point total. Um, and also, you don't know, obviously, you know, the ankle injury she sustained um, at New Blood, it looks like it was sustained from an, a move, but you don't know how much wear and tear there was on the ankle. You don't know if she was going into this tournament carrying a slight knock to the ankle and she was going to take, you know, a little bit of time, um, you know, just the gap between the five star and the goddess of star and tag league. But I do wonder, um, you know, this year has been a significant plateau for Starlight Kid at the moment. And you do think injuries never come at a right time, ever. You know, you don't wish injury on anyone because it is hor- horrible. But the chance for a reset for Starlight Kid might not be the worst thing in the world. Um, and to come at the end of the tournament she's done, she's performed most poorly in. Um, it certainly gives her a chance to reset, come back fresh and uh, mount another challenge because she is, she has got a white belt and or a red belt in her future without a shadow of a doubt, just the same as Azumi. Um, but yeah, I was surprised. You know, here against Yuri, she gave a good account of herself, but it never really felt, whereas... In 2021 and 2022, it felt like Starlight Kid could win any match. And it felt like it was only Mayu that could stop her. Here, it just seemed like, yep, she's got her offense in and Suri is going to put her away eventually. It felt more of a formality. Points to Suri. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. 
which is a shame because Starlight Kid is awesome. Again, we don't know what's, you know, what the backstage thoughts are, whether there is an injury, whether, you know, this was a casualty of the Sayakamitani injury. We don't know. Um, but one thing for sure is that when, Sayaka- when Starlight Kid returns, um, she's going to be better than ever. And hopefully heading into the Five Star 2024, um, she's going to be right at the top of the block again where she belongs. Um, is there anything else you want to touch on from this Real- show, Matt? Yeah, uh, well, just real quick, just talk about Starlight Kid's injury. I know you said a few minutes ago that you thought it came from, like, a dropkick that Hannah hit early on. I think she was nursing this injury for quite a while. The reason why is where I know, because I knew she was injured somewhere in this match from what people told me. And, again, I could be wrong. I'm wrong all the time. It's part of my charm. Um, when she was, like, just circling into the ring, like, to, before, like, the bell rang, it looked like she was she, she took, like, a, a weird step and started hobbling on the ankle. So... To me, it looked like she was injured going in, and the fact that she just took a wrong step on the mat, combined by with all the crazy action she did, maybe that's where I think the injury uh, the injury was. But again, that's just from what I saw. So again, I could be wrong. As far as the show goes, uh, three must see matches. I know there's a lot of wrestling going on, not just in the world of stardom, but just everywhere. But do yourselves a favor, go out of your way to see the final three matches. That was uh, Rose Gold. Versus BMI 2000. I actually gave that one four stars. Uh, Micah and Julia versus Sai, Ida, and Hazuki. I actually gave that four and a quarter stars and was my favorite match of the show. And uh, even though there is a better Starlight Kid Shuri match out there, it still was an excellent match. I gave it four stars. So definitely, if you have time, go out of your way to watch those last three matches. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> Do you okay. think... You okay? Yeah, I, I'll, I'm, I'm living. <coughs> um... Fire up. Fire up. <laughs> Do you think then that kid potentially aggravated the injury against Hannah because it's clear where it happens. She hits this drop kick to the knee and as she lands on the foot, the foot bends. So I'm wondering if it was already maybe an injury and then this just made it significantly worse because by the end of that, she couldn't walk. Um, I mean, nobody told Wingori that because they just solely targeted the leg and foot, poor kid, but... Anyway, either way, let's let's move on to uh, to the next show, which was the show that we've just talked about, New Blood 11, 29th of September from the Shinagawa into City Hall in front of 357 people. Your results are as follows. A three-way match. Hina defeated Hanako and Kazuni Tanaka. Pardon me, in seven minutes and two seconds, Hina pinning Hanako with the Gado clutch. Singles match followed, Ruwaka defeated Lady C in five minutes and 59 seconds with the Freezer Bomb. In one of the most bizarre three-way matches I've ever seen, um, Tekla defeated the Sexy Dynamite Princess and Waka Tsukiyama. Tekla pinning Waka with the Dokagumo Death Drop. Um, in a singles match, Tam Nakano defeated Unimizumori in 12 minutes and 22 seconds with the Violet Screwdriver. And then those three matches at the top. Nanai Takahashi defeating Meisela in 14 minutes and 33 seconds in the latest Passion Injection match with the Quinby Bomb. In the Future of Stardom Championship match, Rina won, achieving V3, defeating Azusa in Narba in 11 minutes and 59 seconds with the Pink Devil. Rina's reign goes on and eclipses 140 days. 
and then in your main event, the New Blood Tag Team title three-way match, the Wingori team of Hanan and Sayaida defeated Karma and Starlight Kid, the champions, and the Queen's Quest team, O2 line, Azumi and Miyu Amasaki, in 14 minutes and 57 seconds. Hanan pinning Starlight Kid with the 17, ending Kid and Karma's reign at 118 days, um, losing in their third title defence. Um, Matt, the We Are Stardom Twitter page put out that this was the best New Blood show thus far. Um, I think we can agree that after a slump in the middle where mm, they were they were okay, but certainly not appointment viewing, that every single one since perhaps New Blood 8 has been better than the last. And I think that this continued that trend. I thought this, especially those final three matches, were fantastic. Fantastic. In fact, those final four matches, because Tam versus Yuna was great as well. I think this, a great showing. In fact, my only complaint about this entire show is that trust this to be the one they don't stream on YouTube. I think the last one, too. I think the last one. They, yes, I think they did stream the last one. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't stream on YouTube. Maybe, maybe they knew that what they had, Rob, was something really, really good. Oh, obviously, it started them. And the fact that uh, if you wanted to see this show, you'd have to cough up the $6 and I think like 16 cents. That's less than $7, less than a cup of co- uh, coffee, Rob, that you can get Stardom World for a month, which is just insane. And if you're not, if you're not subscribing to Stardom World, what are you doing? Cheapers, creepers. But uh, that's the only thing I can think of, considering the fact that their YouTube channels are right around a million people. That's crazy. That Stardom, this little engine that could is right around a million subscribers. That's just uh, phenomenal. But uh, yeah, I would uh, agree. I think New Blood 9 was probably the best. And then I would say New Blood 10 is just the best. But now I would uh, say New Blood 11. So I think the last three New Bloods have been able to super exceed themselves. What about you, partner? Yeah, I'd agree. I think New Blood Premium was perhaps the start of the turnaround. Um because of obviously Wakasuki Armour's match in the main event. And then I think they have periodically got better. At nine and ten were sort of on a par. Very, very good shows. This for me blows blows the others out of the water. I think everything came together to be a really, really good show. And that's not to disrespect those matches underneath the Hina match, the Ruaka match, and the very weird three-way. Um, but those top four matches are the best four matches in New Blood. Like, as a as a consecutive four matches, they are the strongest four matches on any New Blood show, without a shadow of a doubt. I think Meisera and Nanai Takahashi is the best passion injection match. I've seen loads of people saying, oh, Nanai doesn't put another person over. Then... You aren't getting it. So many people have gotten over because of sharing the ring with Nanai Takahashi and having these matches. So what if she wins? One loss isn't going to bury a person. What it's going to do is up the exposure of that person. Okay, The one exception, I'd argue, is perhaps Starlight Kid, who didn't really need the match in the first place. But the likes of Saya Ida, who, by the way, got a massive pat on the back from Nanai Takahashi at the end of this show, which I thought was lovely. Um... 
the likes of Lady C got a fantastic match with uh, Nanai Tagashi. Wakasuki Armour, her entire career in stardom is uh, is helped by Nanai Tagashi. And I think Meisera was another fantastic um, chapter in this book of passion injection match. It's not that she needed it because she's already fantastic, but I thought her and Nanai played off each other very, very well. Yuna Mizumori, Matt, is finally a member of Cosmic Angels, the worst kept secret perhaps in World Wonder Ring stardom. Um, but even despite losing against Tam, um, she has been made a Cosmic Angel for life. Um, a really good match, I'll be perfectly honest. Um, Yuna, and I've said this before on the podcast, considering Yuna was little more than the pineapple girl, when she first came into stardom, which I believe was on the first New Blood show, she's grown so much as a performer. Like, she's got so much better. Um, the passion that she shows, um, you know, she's stripped away all of the comedy that she had to start with. And I'm not saying that she should not have any comedy whatsoever because she's got great comic timing, as I said before. But to have these sorts of matches with Nanai Dagashi, with Tam, uh, with Nat Sapoi, I think she's she's proved herself to be far more than just a one-dimensional pineapple, um, which is very, very good. Very, very good. And I thought this was another great uh, another great match, Matt. Um, I think that you should trademark one-dimensional pineapple, brother, and put that on a T-shirt, because I think you'll make loads of money. That was great. <laughs> tell, tell us in the comments how much you want a uh, one-dimensional pineapple shirt. We'll make it happen. We can make beer happen. We can make that happen. Absolutely. That might be the next start. That might be the stardom cast beer, brother, for uh, WrestleMania weekend is the one dimensional pineapple. Touch upon the uh, the passion injection matches. Like you said, it doesn't doesn't matter who goes over. It's who gets over. Everybody's gotten over in these matches. Starlight, whether it's Starlight Kid, Lady C, Miyu Amasaki, Maysera, uh, Saida, Waka. Even though Nanai has gotten has beaten everybody in these matches, it's not who goes over, it's who gets over. And the fact that these matches are going 12, 13, I mean, this point almost with the time limit draw. And Nanai's putting in work, you know, someone in their young 40s putting in work. And I don't know if you noticed it, Rob, and I could be wrong. And if I'm wrong, please call me out. Or maybe I'm immune to it. Has Nanai toned down the screaming a little bit? No, you just put it on mute, Matt. Oh, that's what it is. Maybe I'm, that's what I, I built up my tolerance. Um, yeah, and Tam, and uh, before we get into the uh, uh, these last two matches, I want to talk in depth about them. But yeah, Tam and Yuna, we mentioned it last week. Where we thought this would go to a time limit draw or Tam would win and then let Yuna into the unit, kind of scraping away how this whole thing started with the weight loss thing. And I think Stardom kind of realized because they kind of shied away from it about a week or so afterwards. Yeah, they haven't really mentioned that, it at uh, all, have they, since? I think it's the fact that they looked at what they did and be like, oh, that's not a good, that wasn't a good way to go about it. I think this kind of, you know, puts a little more faith in Tam being a great leader. The fact it's like, look, you, you're working your ass off. You lost all this weight. You look great. I mentioned on the show several times, I think Yuna is the most improved wrestler in all of wrestling in 2023. She looks great. Uh, she got the hair thing going. I love the, the way that the hair works with her outfit. She's teaming with Tam now. 
in the Goddess of Stardom Tag League. Obviously, she's going to be eating a lot of L's, but at the same time, she's going to be having some really great matches. So it's interesting to see how her and Tam are going to do in that loaded field that is the Goddess of Stardom Tag League. But there was a lot of times where Tam was really throwing some hefty blows and Yuna was firing up, eating them, and then firing them right back. I absolutely loved that there. So, yeah, excellent match. I actually gave Tim and Yuna three and three-fourth stars, and Pass and Injection was four and a quarter. So what? I'm uh, just curious, my friend, what did you give those two matches? Um, uh, I gave Tamas Yuna, uh, Yuna three and three-quarters. I gave Nanai and Maysera four and a quarter. Oh, the same as me. Before we get into these last two matches, because these last two matches were great, um, I just want to touch upon, because I will forget... Mina, you mentioned before, brother, Mina did say that she's looking at a new new member of Club Venus that was on this show. Who do you think that person is, sir? Um, I feel like there's only one right answer to that, and that is Nanai Takahashi. Um, I feel like... (laughs) I thought you were going to say like a Zoomie or something. (laughs) I I feel like watching Nanai Takahashi do the Club Venus dance um, is something that I desperately, desperately want. Um, it, I mean, knowing our luck, like just talking about this three-way for a second, where sexy dynamite princess was unmasked to be uh, Mariah May to the surprise of absolutely everyone, and then she obviously put the mask on Wacker, and Wacker became sexy dynamite princess. Knowing our luck, it'll probably just be sexy dynamite princess being the uh, being the new member of Club Venus, um, and obviously Mariah May and Tekla having a kiss off, which was quite funny, um. I don't know is the answer to your question. Um, Looking at this card, obviously you look at the top of the card, it's not going to be anyone in that main event. I wouldn't have thought. Um, I'd be... Maybe Hannon, because that seems to be the story they were going for with Mariah May, but... I can't see her turning her back on stars, especially as she's tag champions with Saya and she's in the tag league with Mayu. Azusa Inaba just does not fit that mould at all. Um, obviously, Rina's in a weather tie. Nanai, no. Uh, Maysera, she's unattached. Could you see Maysera doing Club Venus? Maybe. Um, that ladyship gimmick mixed in with the Club Venus thing I think might work. It could do. It could do. So that's that's certainly an option. Um, it would. I can't see them doing all this stuff with Unimizumori and then having her instantly leave Cosmic Ain just to be a part of Club Venus. Yeah. So that would be quite funny. Um, it's not going to be Ruwaka. Um, it's not going to be Lady C, which leaves us with Hanako. Obviously, she is at the moment a rookie without a unit. I always saw her as more DDM, but that's probably because of the Himika connection. Um, Kazuna Tanaka, maybe, though again, I don't know how full-time she's going to be in stardom. Uh, your best bet for me? Um, probably Maysera. Is, if it's not going to be Hannon, which would have made sense, I'd say it's probably Maysera. What about you? Um, apologies, about a minute ago, you did say May Sarah. I, I was referring to May Sakurai. I thought the ladyship gimmick in Club Venus, and that may be something that, I know she wasn't on this cards, that would be something that would be pretty funny. Um, again, I'm kind of out there. I really don't know which way Mina's, because it really could 
but just kind of process of elimination by how you just broke everything down there, my friend. I'm going to go with Kazuna Tanaka, and maybe just because I would like to see her in stardom more full-time. If they were to say, we signed one person on this show full-time, I'm like, Azuka Inaba, um, because I think she's fantastic, and I know that last year at this time, Suzu Suzuki was only like part-time with stardom, and they brought her in full-time. I hope so much that they do this with the Inaba sisters because Tomoka Inaba is one of my favorite wrestlers in all of wrestling. And the fact that her sister's only been wrestling a year and a half and is like 15, 16 years old, if that, and just had, and we're going to bump into this right now, and had this phenomenal future stardom championship match. Um, I would love it to be her, but at the same time, yeah, her style does not fit at all with Club Venus. But I guess maybe you can change it. I don't know. But uh, my guess, j- just be off the rip, would be Kazuka. Uh, Kazuna, excuse me, Tanaka. So again, it leaves it wide open because now we're going to be, Mina said, I'm scouting a new member to somebody that's on this show. And we've literally just ran through every single person on this show and we can't come up with a clear answer. So uh, the fact that sometimes you get more questions than answers is a good thing, my friend. So, uh, brother, let's talk about this future Stardom Championship match. Holy jeez. Was it just me? This is one of the best matches for this championship in the past few years. It's certainly up there. I think both these two women, I think Rena's grown so much, but Azusa Inaba debuted literally last year, I think. Um, and she's all red. She just gets it. She gets pro wrestling. Um, sometimes people just take to it. Um, I'm going to have to check when she debuted because I'm sure it was last year. Let me just, pardon me, have a quick look because... I was so impressed. She's 15 years old, and she debuted in March this year. Oh, wow. I thought she was like a year and a half in. I thought it was last March. So she's only been wrestling seven months, and she's that good. Holy, yeah. I mean, now, Rob, I've I've been, you know, watching. I've seen every Stardom show since 2021, so I really didn't see too much of the future Stardom championship matches before that. But I'll say this. Um, outside of one match, this is my favorite Future of Stardom match I've ever seen. And you may be saying, well, come on, Matt Turner, you can't tell us, you know, you can't say this is your second favorite Future of Stardom match and not tell us what your number one is. My number one is the matchup between these two sisters. It would be Hanan versus Tomoka Inaba. That's my all-time favorite Future Stardom match. Yeah, where it's like a good match. Now, now we're just taking the younger sisters and we're basically going to run it back and do, because it went to a 15-minute time limit, and this was about 12 minutes, and we're just going to knock three minutes off. But uh, yeah, this was really good. Just Rena's, just her timing, her ring positioning, uh, a lot of the quick covers is so good for somebody that's only 16 years old. And again, Azusa, I don't know what I'm more impressed by, the fact that she's only 14 years old or the fact that she's only wrestling seven months. You know, we talk Talk about Azumi being a wrestling prodigy or Suzu Suzuku being a wrestling prodigy. Azusa Inaba is another one in Japan that is a Joshi wrestling prodigy, just like her sister. And again, I think her sister is 2021. 20, so um, just incredible, incredible. And again, I would love to see them. Obviously, Azusa is in school. So, you know, once she graduates school, I would love to just see this. What, what is Rina, Azusa and Hina going to be like? in the next two or three years when they graduate school and they can wrestle full time. I mean, we've seen, we've literally watched Hanan grow up in front of our eyes. The fact that she's been a full-time wrestler now about a year and a half and look how much she's grown over the last year and a half. What's going to happen with these three, you know, and obviously Rena and Hina are part of the stardom full-time roster. 
I would love to see Azusa and her sister Tomoka part of this loaded, loaded stardom roster, you know, upcoming sometime in 2024. Yeah, it was an excellent match. I loved how uh, Azusa would just attack Rina's knee. She would go to the kicks and go to the ankle lock and go to the knee bar. And it was, and I thought, okay, it's really good, simple strategy, simple psychology to tell. But the fact that one of Rina's big moves is that diving knee bomb and she goes for it and misses. And when she misses, she just, she realizes I shouldn't have done that because I just re-injured the body part that Azusa, who's only wrestling seven months, knows how to work. Like, how genius is that? And then I just love how, like, out of nowhere, Rena is able to... She basically uses the Pink Devil almost as, like, a counter move here. Where it's like, I need just need to get out of this because I'm getting my ass kicked. Because this was, like, 65-35 Azusa. It really was. And it's, uh, you know, for Rena being the champion and being a heel champion, really seeing her kind of wrestle, like, on the back end was really, really impressive. And as a heel, had really, really good selling and did a great job getting Azusa over. Again, this was absolutely fantastic. I had this at four stars. Absolutely loved it, brother. Yeah, three and three quarter stars. I agree, definitely one of the better matches in the future of Stardom Cannon. Um, and when you consider that a lot of Hannon's matches are up there, um, you look at Micah and Saya Kamatani having great matches for it as well back in, uh, in 2020 and 2021. Um, it's it's a strong list considering the belt is primarily for rookies and inexperienced or more inexperienced wrestlers. And I think Azusa Inaba is, is destined for great things. Both of the Inaba sisters are insanely talented, but for Azusa to come in at 15, having only been wrestling for seven months and wrestle not only a competent match, but to wrestle a competent match that has, you know, a decent through line of story, um, I think is a tremendous achievement. Really, really good. Um, This main event, though. This main event, we talked a lot about Starlight Kid's injury, um, and this match still bangs. This match is so, so good. It's so quick. Every single person knows their place, knows what they are doing, has their little... Um, part to play in this match. Sayurida is breaking stuff up with double clotheslines. You've got Azumi firing round the ring at all parts. Everyone is in and out of the ring and getting their spots in. It flows beautifully. Even Karma being Karma can't ruin the match. We only had one fireball thing, and that was at the that was at the start. Otherwise, she may have been wrestling as Haruka Rumasaki, which I'd be fine with anyway. All in all, this match was tremendous and did a wonderful job of highlighting some of the talent that this New Blood brand should and is built around. People like Hanan, Sayaida, Miyu Amasaki. Miyu Amasaki, for, you know, we talked about injuries. She she is held together with tape. Like, there was not one part of her body that didn't have tape on it. It felt like during their entrance, her back, her shoulders, her legs... Um, but overall, Matt, I absolutely loved this match. And this is with an injury that now has Starlight Kid out for however long she's out for. And she still took part in a great... And what makes it even more, even more endearing is the fact that Starlight Kid had this injury, rolled out of the ring to get strapped up, came back in, and was the person in ring the most. Like, she didn't... You'd have forgiven her for being on the apron and sort of like just piecing out of the match. I'm injured. I'm good. No, 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 no. If anything, she was in more after that. 
It was absolutely fantastic. And the fact that, as I mentioned, Wingori just seemed to have not got the memo that she'd got an injured ankle. And Hannon was vicious. That heel hook that she got Starlight Kid in, you could see the very real agony that Starlight Kid is in with it. Um, overall, I thought this was a fantastic match. Four and a quarter stars. Well done to everyone involved. Yeah, I did not get because I mentioned at the beginning of the show how just crazy breakneck my schedule was over the last three days, uh, you know, over the weekend and uh, going into Monday. So this show was up about a day or two before I was able to watch. I had a lot of people telling me how Starlight Kid was in so much pain, hobbling around the ring. Obviously, I knew she had to be in a lot of pain for her to, you know, piece out of the five-star final, especially in a match against Mayu. So I just figured, like, she got hurt early on and just wasn't in the match. They kind of, okay, there's five other people in it. We'll just, you know, move her spots around. She was in here doing so much. She was doing the running spots. She was doing uh, the, she did the top row moonsault. She took this crazy spine buster from Saida. You know, you did mention about how Wingoy was going after Starlight Kid's ankle. So probably good part that the psychology of the match or when they were calling it back, you know, back that, because Hanan does do, the knee bar into the ankle, you know, the rolling knee bar, which, which goes to the Achilles lock, the ankle lock. And Saeeda does a great job setting it up for Hanan, where it's just like, so like, it's like, no, if I'm in here, I'm doing these moves. Like, I need to do these moves to get Wingori over in that part. And you mentioned it before, brother, she came in, she got all taped up, her, her kick pad was up, uh, her boot was a little bit uh, unlaced a little, so this way it could kind of get a little blood flow going. Not only did she do the majority of the work in this match, she took the pinfall. Now I was I was spoiled early on that Wingori won the championship, which is fine. You know, it's not a pay per view. It's it's you know it's fine. I was so thrilled that I think it was like yeah when this when the show happened on Friday morning that we did see two of our favorites and Hanan and Saida on the Wingori team take the championship. I just figured that like Miyu got pinned or that uh, Karma got pinned. I didn't think there's any way that Azumi or Starlight Kid got pinned. Then I watched the match and I saw that Starlight Kid injured came back in the match, probably the MVP of the match, doing moonsaults like on one foot, gutting through the paint, and then eats the L. Man, I tell you what, when Starlight Kid comes back, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Starlight Kid. I think we all are. I don't think there's anybody that watches Stardom that I'd be like, yeah, Starlight Kid's okay. He, and, if he, and if that's your prerogative, God bless you. You know, you're allowed to have that theory. But man, when she comes back, I, I, I mean, I have so much more respect for her. Again, the fact that she goes all out on these shows, especially these New Blood shows, and the fact that she ate a bunch of L's into the five star and the fact that she got hurt here, she could have just kind of just like, you know, passing on, I'll do two or three things. I'll take the pinfall because that's what was on the booking sheet. But for her to go in there and get everybody over, especially Wingori, get them over in the way that she did and got through that pain. Uh, I, I have a ton of respect for Starlight Kid. I even have more. I even have more. And I really think that uh, in 2024, she's going to have a tremendous year because this is what Siren does. They break people down and they build them back up as long as the talent shines through. And to quote the Macho Man Randy Savage, brother, the cream always rises to the top. And uh, I, that's what happened with Starlight Kid in 2024. Four and a quarter The only reason why I knew that well, the only reason why I was quoting that because it's fresh in my mind. There was a guy that I was rolling with at catch camp, nowhere to lie above his knee. He had the macho man, Randy Savage with the cream tattoo, like that picture tattooed on his knee. So that's why fresh in my mind. Um, oh, that might be the greatest tattoo that he was. He had a tattoo on his neck and he, he was tattooed everywhere. But I was like, man, that's the best tattoo. But uh, yeah, I totally agree with you. Four and a quarter stars uh, match of the show and maybe one of the best new blood matches in the 11 series that we have my friend 
I would argue that the only match that beats this is the Wack Tsukiyama tag from Nubla Premium. And the only reason that beats it is because of the emotion and the storyline heading into it. Otherwise, you know, this is on par with it. Um, I thought this was tremendous. Absolutely fantastic. If you haven't got a lot of time, um, I'd highly recommend the final three. In fact, the final four matches of this show. It's a really, really good show. Another good show, Matt, believe it or not, was uh, the tag the tag league final. What am I talking about? I'm sure the tag league final is going to be great, brother. So good for you. Way to promote shows in the future. I love it. I fully believe that you drive a uh, DeLorean and that you have plutonium, brother. So good for you. Yes, absolutely. And it is... <laughs> I have every faith that we are going to have all those teams still standing at the end, <laughs> fingers crossed. Yes, the five-star final, as I was trying to say earlier, start, um, happened on the 30th of September 2023, this 22nd night of the five-star Grand Prix 2023 uh, from the Yokohama Budokan in Yokohama with a reported attendance of 2,507 people which was the highest attended show at the yokohama budokan ever really in all of wrestling or is this stardom hang on i'm finished oh oh i'm sorry i apologize the highest attended show at the yokohama budokan matt everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Until the day after when it got beaten by the crash, the Crush Gals 40th anniversary show. <laughs> hey, one day, brother. Absolutely. Absolutely. That one day run, you know, say, hey, we one day run. But that's amazing, though. I, I didn't know that. I know the other wrestling companies have ran that venue before. The fact that was the, well, it's the second highest of all time. And uh, for a 24-hour period, the, uh, the highest attendance. That's awesome. Awesome. And considering the fact that, I'm assuming a majority of these tickets were bought well in advance, but considering the fact there was three main math matches missing off this show. And was I know me and you were texting a day or two after the show, like this show was so good. And considering the fact that three matches that we were missing, this would have been an all timer. I said I I think I texted you, Matt, and said this show, um, it was under three hours because obviously the Mayu and Starlight Kid match got cut um, hours before. Um, Utami was out as well. Sayakamitani's match with Suzu Suzuki obviously was uh, was off the card from the very beginning. But this was a main card that didn't have Julia, Mayu Iwatani, uh, Utami, Starlight Kid, and Sayakamitani on there. Five huge 
names for stardom were not on this main card and it was still a really 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 good show and i think that's that's credit to the stardom roster the depth of the stardom roster and the talent of the stardom roster because from the moment that main card kicks off there is not one bad match there is not one average match all of these matches are great in their own way from mariah may and hannon delivering a completely unexpectedly emotional final match for mariah may to momo watanabe beating the ever-loving jimmy out of azumi to saori anu and saori ano sorry i will get it right eventually i promise and mina shirakawa just ripping each other's leg apart to micro and mirai throwing the world's stiffest lariats and just attempting to drop each other on each other's necks to amisori managing to reverse a suzaku to fight to get a victory over her leader um, in perhaps the shock of the entire tournament to Hazuki and Natsukatora just having an absolute barn burner in nine minutes before Hazuki is able to sort of get a fluke victory over the dominant Tora, which made perfect storyline sense, to poor Natsupoi, who wrestled, bless her, for 11 minutes and looked like every second of it was absolute bloody agony and still put on a really good match. And that goes to show the depth and the talent of this stardom roster that you can take five huge names out of this group of stardom wrestlers and still put on a top to bottom fantastic card with, you know, seven completely different matches, Um, you know, absolutely outstanding stuff from all involved. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, they got it all done in about three hours. So again, uh, the fact that this card, this card was missing three matches and it was still one of the best wrestling cards I've seen of the year, not just in startup and wrestling in general. So uh, I think Rob, this first match, what they did is the fact that we did not get Mayu versus Starlight Kid, the fact that we were missing Julia versus Utami, and the fact that we were missing Suzuki versus Sai Kamatani. They made up for it in this first match. And what I mean by that, my friend, is we got to hear Hanan's theme not once but twice. So it was all right in the world in the Turner household. I'm not rising to it. <laughs> I'm not rising to it. I... It's, it's a bit now, brother, like by four, it's over with, with our listeners. We hear about it all the time. It's a bit. So I'll just like how I have to get in living the dream. Sardom's 10th anniversary <laughs> interview by my friend, Rob Gruen. I got to get the bit in. I got to get the Don't bit in. Don't you over, dare brother. try and soften the blow by <laughs> plugging my book. <laughs> How dare you manipulate the <laughs> listeners like that? Robin, all the driving I did this past week, I was, you know, I was listening to the podcast, a lot of music. I told you I was in a big Blink-182 kick. So there you go. That'll soften the blow for you, brother. Big Blink-182 fan. True. I search, I search for hours anywhere to find this new Hanan theme so I can listen to it. And I could not find it, my man. I could not find it. And ne- never should you. Never should you. <laughs> absolute travesty absolutely if we ever if we ever talk to anyone from stardom within the inner workings of the company i have got questions um, i think we are that's the best part i think we are oh like, that's gonna be part of the question honestly <laughs> I, i'm i'm there's a bubbling rage inside me at the moment that just is only quelled is 
only quelled because this show is good. That's the only oh. way. <sighs> I'm sweating and laughing so hard. All right, bro, let's talk about this match. This match, though, that Hada Mariah made very technically wrestled great. Um, chain wrestling back and forth that we did see you know obviously hanan getting her you know the famous are in and we saw mariah may getting the uh the sling blade in you had you know mariah may bringing in with those chops boy where chops were from three months ago to now is like night and day mm-hmm. she's just improved every which way in the ring and uh this was a good way for mariah may to kind of end her time and start at least for now uh from what i you know from what there was reported in the wrestling observer the door is open for her to come back and is the door really ever closed for any wrestler to come back you know what i mean so uh this was the perfect thing for her to put han and over and which was a really really good match i liked how the finish comes where mariah may is trying to set han up for the once upon a time but han is able to roll through and then use mariah may's momentum against her to get the 17 roll up for the win and then we see the emotional post-match um not press conference uh promo between mariah may and han and i thought it's a great match uh, in all seriousness a great way to start this fantastic show um and be honest with you rob this was the match that i uh i want to say liked the least because that's negative the, every other match on this show i liked more and i still had this at three and three fourth stars this is how good this is how good the show was yeah, I think the emotion certainly helped carry this match. I also had it at three and three quarter stars. I think they, I think this, both women had very, very good chemistry with each other and the clear emotion from the very start where both women were in tears before we even started, I think goes to show just how how close these two have grown, which made it even worse when Hannah wins the match, has a hand raised and is just in hysterics. Um, and then Mariah May cuts this flawless promo in Japanese, which, I mean, full credit to Mariah May for that. I thought that was outstanding, a really lovely touch. And I think that goes to show as well just how just how well the Japanese audiences have taken to Mariah May. You know, it, it can't be easy going to a country where you don't speak the language and try and get over with the crowd. And yet she's managed it, she's connected with the crowd, she's, you know... She's embraced the culture by all by all accounts, has absolutely loved her time in Japan. And I hope she does come back because as you could tell from uh, from the round of applause that she got when she and that you know, when she caught her promo, the Japanese fans love her. So fingers crossed she does come back very soon. Obviously Hannah moves to six points. Um it does mean that Mariah May finishes t- uh, bottom of the block, but I think you'll agree, Matt, that Overall, she has done very, very well in this tournament because, you know, she's had a great match with Julia. She had a great match with Mariah. She's had a fantastic match with uh, Micah and now with Hannon as well. Um, I think she's those last few doubters. um, I would argue that she's managed to quell them with a very successful run from these uh, in these nine months. Yeah, she did an absolutely fantastic job. Definitely upped her stock in the world of professional wrestling. No doubt about that. We then got the announcement of perhaps the worst kept secret in stardom, um, that Dream Queendom is in fact official. Dream Queendom 2023 or Dream Queendom 3, however you want to say it. Um, It will be coming to you on the 29th of December 
um, from Ryogoku Koku Gikan, which means two things. Um, one, we've got a fantastic end of the year show on the 29th of December. And secondly, if Mayu Iwatani is in a high profile match, which she should be, it means we get another fantastic cutscene of her trying to pronounce the name, which is always my favourite part of the Dream Queendom shows. Um, we- yeah. And for what we understand, that whole thing might be a work. But uh, pay attention to our Jesse interview dropping soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've then got a Blue Stars match. Momo Watanabe moving to 10 points, defeating Azumi, who stays on 8 in 8 minutes and 13 seconds with the Peach Sunrise. Another really, really, really good match. These two held absolutely nothing back and there's a there's a a little saying you say mate where uh, you hit your friends harder um because you can always buy them a beer in the back and i feel like that went double for momo and azumi because the way momo launched azumi around the ring and hit her with these strikes it felt very much like someone who owed their friend a beer at the end yeah, and considering the fact that Izumi's uh, 21, but I think the legal drinking age in Japan is 20. Uh, you know, Izumi was drinking beers, and another reason why I know Izumi was drinking beers after this match was, who's Izumi's leader? Utami Hayashista, so uh, stay tuned for that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, brother, this was great. Obviously, Momo and Izumi, one of my favorite tag teams ever in stardom. Uh, I get asked quite a bit who are, who's my favorite tag team in stardom that have never won the tag titles, and it's, it's Momo Z. Uh, they won the 2020 Tag League. They were one win away from uh, the 2021 tag league going back to back. So these two, even though they haven't teamed in about a, uh, in almost really, you know, uh, in a year and a half or so, um, coming up on two years, really, that uh, they know each other so well. And you have Momo jumps Azumi in the beginning of the match because, as you always say, brother, a wedo tie, they got a wedo tie. They've got so to a wedo tie. Always got a wedo tie. <laughs> But I love it how Azumi was able to turn everything around on Momo. Azumi uh, gets the advantage and she goes for that double jump uh, drop kick. When she turns around, Momo just. Through chairs. Why is that, Rob? Because a wedo tie? What do they got to do? They've got to a wedo tie. They got to a wedo tie. Momo Watanabe is a wedo tie. Um, and then Azumi's uh, able to turn around the running punk kick off the apron onto Momo Watanabe. She hits that uh, apron-style Rana as well. So just basically the two of them countering each other moves back and forth. You're like, oh, yeah, they were a tag team for quite a bit and a pretty damn successful one. So you get some really cool stuff there. And even Azumi, her, she really brought the kicks here. Azumi has always been a pretty good striker, but her head kicks over the last year, year and a half – is really some of the most underrated striking in all of stardom. And the fact that she's able to go almost kick for kick for Momo here and almost gets uh, a count out. Um, she uh, she hits a big, the big running kick, like I said, off the apron, and they do a count out tease. Uh, Momo Watanabe comes back with a big head kick, uh, inhumane driver. Azumi comes back with a Lamahi straw, but instead of going to the arm bar, she does the Lamahi straw into the Azumi sushi, which we don't see that often. Usually when she's Lamahi straw, she goes into the arm bar and then tries to transition in the numero uno. So I like how she changed things up a little bit there because maybe Momo is countering all my stuff. So let me go to kind of my roll-up finish, which I thought that was going to be the finish. Um, but as soon as Momo kicks out, she's greeted with a buzzsaw kick right to her head from Azumi. I thought that was really good. Azumi goes for the Canadian Destroyer. Momo Watanabe pops her up, and then on the way down just absolutely decapitates 
for Azumi, her, her birthday was the next day. Happy birthday, Azumi. Here's my present to you, my former tag partner. It's my me almost decapitating your head. Uh, and then uh, and then after that, she gets up and then eats a punk kick. And then the tequila sunrise into the peach sunrise combination that we saw Momo Watanabe use a lot back in 2018 to retain the wonder of stardom championship. Momo Watanabe wrestled this tournament very much like she was still the wonder of stardom champion. Uh, she was absolutely fantastic in this tournament. I know many people had her as one of the tournament MVPs, and I'm interested to hear who your top five tournament MVPs were, which we'll get into at the end of this segment. This was fantastic. This was the match I've been waiting for for a year and a half between these two. And we got it here on the five-star final. Uh, four and a half stars. Loved this match. Yeah, really, really, really good match. I think I gave it four and a quarter. Just looking at my mind. Yeah, I did. I gave it four and a quarter. Um, uh, Again, you know, these two know each other inside out. They're going to put on a fantastic match, and they did here. Ultimately, both women were already eliminated from the tournament, so wrestling for pride. But, you know, there's always going to be that underlying sense of trying to uh, get that revenge for uh, Momo turning on Azumi. And that story continues as well. Um, I don't think the right time for Azumi to beat Momo was, uh, you know, second from the bottom on a five-star final where both were already eliminated. I feel like that moment will come in Azumi's career in a more uh, in a more high-profile moment, maybe in the final of the Cinderella. I've I've predicted it every other year. Why break the habit of a lifetime? We move on then to the next match, Sioriano. Uh, moves to 10 points, defeating Mina Shirakawa and thus eliminating her from the tournament in 11, 11 minutes and 7 seconds with the small package. Now, I am going to go out on a limb here and say that I liked this match significantly more than a lot of other people. I am a sucker for a limb match, um, and the fact that Mina started tacking Anno's leg and then Anno, in response, tried to attack Mina's leg, and it suddenly became this battle of attrition as to who would um, sort of last the time, who would be able to grit through the pain, um, I thought made this a really thoroughly compelling match, especially as I was absolutely convinced that Mina was going to win. Um, I thought there was some fantastic moments in this match. Anno's selling is tremendous. So good and consistent as well, which helped me even more immerse myself into this match. That pottering attempt was so smooth. Her moveset is incredible. Um, it's she Again, it helps that she seems to be made of elastic. Um, ultimately, it's not a big move that wins, which makes sense. Both women have kicked out their their respective knees can't move and it's Anno, you know, reversing a hold into a pinfall, into a small package, which I thought was absolutely tremendous. Perfect way to end this match. I gave this four and a half stars. I know other people were considerably lower on it, but I thought it was great. Very well wrestled. Um, yeah. Brilliant match, Matt. I totally agree with you, my friend. I had it at four and a quarter stars, so I liked it. Not as much as you. I know you're I I knew you were like this just as much as me, if not better, because of the limb work and the fact that they kept going back and forth. And I do love the finish. Um, because they didn't have to break out, you know, whether it would be uh, the Tom's Tondra or the Potter Ring or the figure Tom four driver Tom. meaning because 
and and it makes sense. Um, the only thing I'm kind of scratching my head, and I kind of want to get your theory on this. As you know, Rob, we have listeners all over the world. This podcast, which still blows my mind, but there's a listener that I talk to on a regular basis. That's all the way down in Australia. She is a ginormous Mina Shirakawa fan, and I was convinced, as she was, that Mina Shirakawa was taking this tournament, especially after the injury from Juan Utami Hayashista. I did say on last week's show that Mina was my pick to uh, win this tournament. Now, had Mina gotten this win here, she would have still been able to qualify for the finals if Micah and Mirai, which was, I believe, the next match. Yes, my notes are correct. Um, went to a time limit draw. So had Mina getting the win here, and then you have Micah and, and Mirai. Obviously, the idea was for Micah to go into the finals. Maybe that had to be changed because of the injury with Utami, which, again, I don't know, but that's my that's my my theory. But Mina wins. She's still alive going into this next match. If they would have pushed the time a little bit with Micah and Mirai, it didn't have to go 14.59. It could have went like 13-something or 13.30 or 14 minutes to the point where they're calling out that two-minute warning where you're like, now you're building up the drama in the next match we're going to talk about, which is already fantastic. To the point like, ooh, this this not only can, is Micah going to win, is Mirai going to win, or if it goes to a draw, it's Mina that goes through. So the fact they beat Mina here and kind of took that drama out took away from the next match just a little bit, just because of what could have happened. The only thing that I can think of of them giving Sayori Anu the win here is that Mina is going to get the belt back at uh, Dream Queendom. I think that it's going to be Mirai versus Sayori Anu um, at the uh, Gold Rush show. So this way, uh, Mirai will get her win back from the five-star, and then Mina will defeat Mirai at um, Dream Queendom. And then somewhere in 2024, Sayori Anu comes in, so no, say Oriano with the Tom's Tandra comes in, getting better, uh, comes in and says, hey, I beat you in the five star. Um, you owe me a title shot. That's the only thing that I can see. I, like, again, I don't understand why Mina did not get the win here. Plus, she's a huge star. This is a big show. Again, you're not putting her to the fi- through the finals um, because you want to mic it there. Fine. I got no problem with that. But I think the drama would have been built up more going into that next match had Mina gotten the win here. I'm just wondering what your theory is on that, my friend. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, honestly, this entire tournament, obviously for a slightly different reason, um, I learned my lesson from uh, trying to predict things from the Cinderella tournament where they just threw, threw the entire book out of the window seemingly with that tournament and it feels like obviously out of necessity with the injuries that they've had they've done the same here so I I honestly could not tell you I'm not even going to try and speculate if I'm being perfectly honest I'm really not um, because I'll only end up sounding stupid (laughs) Um, what did you give it though did you say you give it four and a half I had a four and a quarter four and a quarter right oh I gave it four and a half that's right um, uh, a match that I'm sure we both love though Micah defeating Mirai moving on to the five star final in 11 minutes with the Mishinoku driver to which my interesting stat every year since Donna Del Mondo have been a faction every year there has been a member of Donna Del Mondo in the five star final Himika in 2020, Suri in 21, Julia in 22, and now Micah in 23. That just 
completely proves faction dominance. Poor Mike and Himmika. We've been talking on this podcast for the better part of two years. Mike and Himmika are always the bridesmaid, never the bride. And they're the only two of the four that have lost in the finals. God, God bless them. Absolutely. But Jesus Christ is Micah the MVP of this show because her and Mariah beats the ever-loving Purple Jimmy out of each other in this match. They throw everything at each other to the point where I actually thought this is going to go to a time limit draw because they are throwing everything at each other that you know that there was something else in the pipeline because I didn't think there was any way that Michael would be able to exert this much energy and then have a second match in the final but I was proved wrong I mean Michael was booked incredibly strong she kicked out of a lariat she kicked out of the Miramare shock um you know ultimately I thought this match was so damn good like, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed. They managed to compress a significant amount into 11 minutes here. And I know that Mariah had a really slow start to the tournament, but then you look at her list of matches, and I've got my ratings for Mariah matches here. Four and a quarter stars against Julia. Four and three quarters against Mikey. Yes, I went that high. I thought it was that Good. Mina Shirakawa, four and a quarter. Momo, four stars. Hannon, three and a half. Sioriano, four and a half. Mariah May, four and a half. Azumi, four stars. For me, she has been one of the most consistent wrestlers in a fantastic blue block. We knew blue block was going to be good, but I think Mariah has been one of the highest spots, alongside Micah, who I think has been absolutely tremendous as well um but this match matt one of my favorite matches of the entire tournament um overall i think the right person won um but yeah i'd love to hear your thoughts on it what did you get this four and three fourths brother i did indeed wow may you mean you are usually you know either dead on or a quarter star off or if usually Nine and a half times out of ten, it's me that's giving the higher rating. I had a four and a quarter stars, which is still a great rating. And I love this match. Maybe this might be one because I was running on three hours of sleep. This is one I'm going to go back and watch. Obviously, it's Micah Mariah. It's, it's a fantastic match. Uh, yeah, it was hard hitting. Micah was booked like an absolute juggernaut, getting out of everything that not only Mariah's doing, but the wonder of stardom champion that is Mariah. Uh, I just mentioned a few minutes ago, I think it's going to be Mina is the one to take the belt off Mariah. If they don't go Mina, they should go Micah. Because then again, Micah says, hey, I beat you on the final night. I don't think anybody would scoff at the fact that it's Micah as the next wonder of stardom championship going into 2024. Um, yeah, really good stuff here. A uh, really good finish too, with just uh, with again Micah not only being able to take all Mariah's moves, but when Mariah would go for it a second time, she had the wherewithal to get out of it, and then just throwing those bombs, lariats, those bombs of the three sixty lariat, and able to chain the three sixty lariat into the Mijinoku driver for the finisher. Yeah, this is one that um, I think maybe as soon as I get off this podcast, maybe I'm going to go back and watch it again because if you rated it that high, again four and a quarter stars is a great rating. But the fact that you had just a quarter star away from the perfect five, I'm going to go back and watch it. But the excellent matchup, my friend. And maybe, and again, maybe it's just the fact that I was so dead set on Mina, uh, you know, this going to a draw and the fact that Mina would have went through that, uh, that maybe it took a little bit, like I said, maybe it took a little bit out 
because it could have built more drama, but that's not fair to Micah Mirai. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go back and watch this one, brother, based on your recommendation. But excellent match and an excellent way to end the Blue Stars block as Micah moves on to the final and more on that later, sir. Absolutely. We move on to red block now, and uh, we start with Amisori already eliminated from the tournament, but getting to eight points, defeating Suri, um, who stays on 11, subsequently eliminating Suri from contention in 9 minutes and 14 seconds when she's able to maneuver a Suzaku into a crucifix pin for the victory. Um, uh, overall, Matt, even though this won't go down as either woman's best match, I feel like a big win over Suri and the matches that she's had in the tournament against the likes of Hazuki and Suzu Suzuki has really set Ami up to come out of this tournament smelling of roses. I think she's the one that you can kind of, I mean, and this might not be fair because every, pretty much 90% of the roster, especially this five star, is they can be a challenger for the Wonder of World Stardom Championship at any show and we wouldn't bat an eye. But the fact that Ami Sora, I think she did herself the most favors in this tournament, either her or Micah, and we'll get into that in the end. I think the two of them have done the, the biggest favors for themselves uh, coming out of this tournament because she's had really great matches, you know, Ooh, Hazuki, Suzu, Suzuki. Natsupoi? Well, we're, again, we'll get into that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that, good sir. My friend, my man, reading the mind over here. He's reading my notes. Half an ocean, an ocean away. Um, but, uh, yeah, Amisori had a really good tournament here. And the fact that she's going up against Shuri, Shuri is another one that is contention for MVP going into this night. If she gets the win, she moves on to the finals uh shuri just does a great job like destroying ami sorry's arm and ami sorry just keeps coming keeps coming keeps coming and the fact that shuri just using that mma experience will relentless on using the strikes to set up the submission it gets to a point where ami sorry is like i can't take much i can't take this any further the only thing that i can do is maybe try to use my size and strength advantage and shuri's own leverage against her to get the win and ultimately that's what it does and that's what this match needed to do in a shade over nine minutes Excellent storytelling, great showing from both women. I had this at uh, four stars. I had it three and three quarters, or did I have it at four? Let me just have a look. I had it at four. So, uh, yeah, the exact same. I thought it was a very, very good showing. Um, we move on then to Tora and Hazuki. Tora needing just a sole point to book herself into the final. However, Hazuki is able to get the win, defeating Natsukatora and eliminating her in the process in 9 minutes and 41 seconds with the Hazuki Stral. We knew this was going to be hard-hitting. We knew both women would throw absolutely everything at each other, and we were not disappointed, Matt, were we? No. What was the time on this one, buddy? This was 9 minutes and 41 seconds. Holy jeez. Yeah, this was really good. and I, I think every no one thought the tour was going to go through the final. Just based on the fact that, okay, she was booked like a monster uh, throughout this entire tournament, and she's got the title shot coming up in the the next week. Wouldn't make sense to kind of hot shot that just right away. But they got me on the, I mean, this, again, as soon as the bell rang, Hazuki came out, guns blazing. You know, Hazuki only has one mode, and that's Hazuki mode, folks. Um, Guns blazing. Eventually, anytime the tour was able to get a breather, she's able to hit that lariat, that axe bomber, and then start her chain of violence on Hazuki. 
Again, this was just a nonstop action for nine minutes and 41 seconds. There was this real, and the end was fantastic. Tora hits the mist into the DVD. She hits the swanton. And instead of going for the pin, she goes for another DVD attempt, which is the same combination that beat Mayu, that beat Tam, and that beat Shuri. So the current World of Stardom champion, the current IWGP champion, and uh, the you know the former champion from last year and the person that won this tournament two years ago, that was the combination that set them all down. So when she went out for that DVD for the second time, I'm like, oh my goodness, they're going to put Tora through? Because there's no way Hazuki's getting out of this. And Hazuki getting out of the DVD the very last second to put the Hazuki straw on, I thought was brilliant by the two of them. Had Hazuki gotten out of the DVD a second earlier, it still would have been good, but it wouldn't add to the drama that much more. And uh, Hazuki's able to get the Hazuki straw, finish this tournament on a strong 10 points, and just that look in her face where it's like, I threw everything at her, she threw everything at me, I have all this mist in my face, I'm exhausted, but I kicked her ass, and at the ultimate end, it took a reversal, and the Hazuki straw to put Toru away. This was great, it was violent. We knew what we were going to get. We ordered a steak, Rob. And God damn it, they brought us a steak, and it was delicious. And this match was fantastic. I had it at four and a quarter stars. Exactly the same as me, four and a quarter stars. It was everything I wanted it to be. I think we talk about people that have done themselves favors coming out of this tournament. I think Tora's done herself a massive favor coming out of this tournament. She was exactly what we wanted her to be, there or thereabouts, making sure she looked dominant, making sure she looked like a monster, and having good matches. The good matches that we know she can have, you know, great matches against Tazuki, her match against Suri, Mayu match was really, really good as well. She beat all three leaders, all four leaders, sorry, should I say, of factions, Tam, uh, Mayu, Suri, at three. That's three, Rob. Come on, count. You can do this. You used to be a teacher. Um, But, you know, the three big victories there for Tora. Overall, a really good tournament for her. Hazuki fell just a little bit short. You talk about people that are constantly bridesmaids. I feel like Hazuki wrote the book on that. Um, Overall, another great tournament for Hazuki. As good as last year, maybe not, but last year was something else last year was unreal hazuki and this year she was still one of the most consistently outstanding performers on this card speaking of that have never won i'm sorry buddy you go for him my man oh sorry but um out of all the wrestlers that have never won the tournament or made it to the finals i think hazuki's 2022 is the best run in the history of this tournament i think me and you both had her uh as the mvp so yeah as far as wrestlers that have never made it to the final in this tournament before, I think Hazuki's 2022 run uh, was the best ever. So, yeah, it was a run as good as it was last year. No, but last year's run was uh, was legendary. But at the same time, <laughs> this was not bad either, my friend. Not, not bad either. Not bad at all. Um, we then move on then to Natsupoi and Tam Naka. No, Tam needing one point to uh no sorry tam needing to win to go through to the final to meet micah if she didn't win or if there was a draw suzu suzuki would go through to the final to take on micah um and standing in a way natsupoi her meltier tag partner and it was natsupoi who who finished off an outstanding tournament um by moving to 11 points defeating 
Tam, who also ended the tournament on 11 points in 10 minutes and 54 seconds with the fairy strain. There's something quite nice and poetic about Nats Boys tournament ending with a victory over the Red Belt champion. Um, I think Natsupoy has, and we're going to talk a little bit about our MVPs and our favourite matches and so forth. I think if Natsupoy isn't in your top five MVPs for this tournament, you haven't been watching the tournament because Natsupoy, especially her early sprint in the tournament, her matches against Starlight Kid, her match against Suri, her match against Mayu, some absolutely outstanding wrestling. And at there was a time in this tournament where she was wrestling the most consistently in the entirety of stardom. And I don't say that lightly. Um, my only, my only qualm is that obviously she's now injured and she's put her body through so much. You look at the way she sells for everybody. I'm not surprised she has a neck injury and it's, it's horrible because she's coming off what is probably the, the form of her life and now she has to sell on the sidelines. It's such a shame. And what's even more of a shame is the fact that by the end of this match, Natsupoy isn't even able to pick Tam up. And you've just got a feeling that that is because she's starting to feel the neck and it's starting to grind down. And obviously, if you're starting to feel a pinch in your neck or if you've got a serious neck issue, it, it affects everything. It affects your back. It affects your arms. So to then go on and wrestle a high-impact match, because Tam then threw her over her head with a German suplex, so uh, there was literally no um, sympathy from a tag partner. But, you know, for Nat's point to gut through it and to hit the fairy strain for the victory, I think she needs incredible credit for that because she must have been in extortionate pain. Um, so, yeah, I think overall a lovely end for Poi to get the victory. Maybe she can parlay this into a red belt match. You can't tell me you wouldn't want to see Tam versus Natsupoy at the top of the card, and if anyone deserves it, it's bloody Natsupoy. Um, but yeah, just just a a hard finish to watch in uh, in some regards, Matt. Yeah, um, again, you had the former tag team champions here against each other in Meltier. Um, the pop, super pop duo in Meltier, by the way, and I liked how Again, very much like a Zumi and Momo where the tag partners know each other, but except Tam and Natsupoy actually liked each other. So they're doing the mirror-style offense where nobody can get the advantage. Literally to the point where Tam goes for dive on the floor, Natsupoy moves, Tam crushes into everybody all the seconds on the floor, and then Natsupoy goes, that's a pretty good idea, Tam. I do a dive too. Let me do a dive. And then she misses the dive. It did make me laugh at it. <laughs> and then not only that, it was like, they, again, not only are they mirroring and dodging each other's moves in the beginning, they're doing it to the dives where the seconds have to eat the dives twice in a row. I thought that was funny. It's like, hi, you're in your spot, kid. I thought that was really cool. But then uh, once it got going, I mean, I mean, I got going from the beginning. Don't get me wrong. But then once they started hitting things, it was you know, the spin kicks from not to point the basement drop kicks and Tam throwing the spin kicks and the, the rolling elbow and whatnot. But you can see your edge were gearing towards the end. There was something that just wasn't right. And I was like, is not point off. Like it seemed like her timing's off. Like not only does she know Tam because they're tag partners, but she feuded with Tam before she turned on Julia. So they had like these series of fantastic matches. So it's just like, you know, something's out. And then you find out that's the point injured. I'm like, oh, that's what happened. She might she might have been injured going into this match. I'm sure none of these fantastic competitors went into this final uh, 100% because of how much of, of, of them that they gave into this tournament to give us what was an incredible tournament. 
And it might have just been something here that might have just triggered, you know, her neck, whether it was one of the violent shootings or one of the German suplexes. Uh, speaking of German suplexes, I like how Tam hit uh, Natsupoi with the fairy strain, trying to use her own stuff against her. And I thought maybe Natsupoi might tease like the violent shooting. And it might have been somewhere where they had it in the match, where maybe they just had to cut it out. Um, the fact that this went 11 minutes and that we didn't have a time limit draw on the show, which blows my mind tells me that I think maybe this was maybe to get a little bit closer. Maybe this was supposed to go 13 or 14, and maybe they had to cut it short because of Natsupoi saying, you know, maybe I can't do this or I can't do that. I could be wrong. Regardless, very much like I talked about Starlight Kid in that New Blood tag match, Natsupoi got it. She absolutely got it through the pain and was able to put on an absolute fantastic match and a fantastic finish with Tam. I did have this at four and a quarter stars, but going back and watching some of the clips of this match, knowing how much pain Natsupoi was in, I had to tip the hat and give this another quarter star. Uh, this was fantastic by both competitors. I had it at four and a half stars. Absolutely loved this match. You liked it significantly more. See, this is where it starts evening out. See, um, I gave it three and three quarters. Um, it was a good match. I know they're capable of much better, but... You know, you can't give this a bad grade knowing that it's a good match and then Natsupoy is gutting through what must be an absolutely extortionately painful injury. Um, overall, I just wish, I just wish she was able to capitalise on the momentum. Um, but hopefully, same with Starlight Kid, same with Utami and same with Saya, she's going to come back stronger, bigger, better. Um, what this does mean, though, the elimination of Tam, is that Suzu, Suzuki and Micah are through to your final. Now, I'm sure those of you that listened last week to our preview will have clipped the moment where I said, there's no way Suzu Suzuki makes the final. Not only does... However... Not only does Suzu <laughs> Suzuki make the final, she wins the damn thing. She wins defeating Micah in 14 minutes and three seconds with the damn Sky Twister press, which I didn't expect. Chaparita Asari, eat your heart out, apparently. Um, this was outstanding and i do just want to sort of qualify what i said last week about suzu suzuki i thought that because there was no story at the moment with the red belt that maybe they would leave off having her win the tournament you know it's never been a case of star power she is a star in the making she is the next face of joshi and i've always said that um I just thought, you know, there was other storylines that I thought they'd go with. I thought they'd go with Mina, for example. Um, and I actually said I don't think Micah will make the final either because there's no story in, uh, that Micah's got going on at the moment. I was wrong, um, but obviously there's been quite a lot of uh, quite a lot of um, interaction, shall we say, between Micah and Suzu Suzuki um, over the past couple of months. In fact, since Suzu Suzuki debuted on Stardom um, without prominence, um, this match was fantastic. Just keeping up that run of fantastic final matches. But this was truly, truly great because both women just looked to one-up each other throughout and it escalated and escalated and escalated to the point where they had respect for each other but they were going to beat each other into a pulp whether it be through suplexes whether it be through launching each other in chairs whether it be through lariats whether it be through stinging strikes both these women put absolutely everything into this match and honestly it's one of the best singles matches of the year absolutely tremendous and the fact again that this match 
only went 14 minutes and it's the longest match on this card goes to show what these women were capable of in such a short amount of time. Brilliant match. One of Micah's best singles matches in her career to couple with a fantastic match against Mariah earlier on the card. Suzu Suzuki continues her ascent to become, as I mentioned, the next face of Joshi. Suzu Suzuki is going to be main eventing Sumo Hall. Who against? We don't know but you can be damn sure it's going to be an outstanding match because, again, Suzu Suzuki, for me, has low-key been another MVP of this tournament. Rob, I do want to correct you. I know uh, um, earlier on we were talking, you did not watch the Suzu Suzuki post-match promo. Suzu did make mention that she is not waiting to sumo hall. She is going to be taking on the winner of Tam versus Tora at the Gold Rush show. I did not see her promo. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so, and I think the reason why, and I'll get into the match in a second, I just wanted to just kind of throw that at you. A lot of people were very upset saying, well, she won the five star, she should go on to the main show to, you know, well, again, Siren doesn't have their WrestleMania, they don't have their Wrestle Kingdom. We all assume it's it's it's, uh, it's Dream Queendom, but they always throw on a huge show in the spring. So everyone just assumed because Shuri did it two years ago and Julia did it last year, that's what was going to happen. Why is Suzu now taking her shot early on not on the big show and a lot of people were upset with that and i understand that however i don't think this was the uh the main thing they need to to fill over three thousand people in sumo hall and i really think that they have a better shot of doing it with tam versus sire or tam versus utami which i think that's the way they're gonna go now can i don't think suzu's there yet in the ring is she as good as sire and utami absolutely she's fantastic but the fact that Suzu's only been full-time with Stardom now a handful of months, and they don't have all that invested with her as they do with a Tam, a Saya, and Utami. We've seen Utami's been able to be a main eventer for the better part of three years. So I think that's the reason why where they didn't see Suzu and Tam as something that's going to draw them 3,000 tickets. Not yet. Maybe in a year? Absolutely. Uh, will the match be great? Absolutely. But I think that's why they decide to move that up to Gold Rush, because that gives time for either Utami or Saya to uh, recover from the injury, build up their story, and then get us to Tam versus either of those two members of Queen's Quest. At least that's the way I'm thinking about it. Uh, now, but not only that, it puts this card, it makes this card, Gold Rush, a bigger show because not because it's like we knew we were going to get a title match. But we have the five-star winner saying, no, I want, I'm riding the momentum. I want my title match in November. So now it's like, okay, so, that, so now we knew that Tam would be defending. I'm assuming Tam's going to beat Tora. I don't think, no disrespect to Tora and her fans, I don't think anybody expects Tam to drop the bell at least until, you know, the end of the year at the earliest. But it's going to make that show bigger because you have Tam, the World of Stardom champion, going up against not only Suzu Suzuki, which might have been the plan anyway because Suzu beat her in the five-star, but the five-star winner, Suzu Suzuki. So now you're really riding that Suzu Suzuki wave. So that's why uh, I think that's why they did it again. I know there's there are some people out there that are upset that Suzu's not going to be main eventing Sumo Hall. But I think that's the reason why is what do they see in 2023 as the match that's going to, again, put more asses in the seats? Is it Suzu versus Tam or is it Tam versus, again, Sire or Tommy? That's the re that's the reason why. So, uh, yeah, my friend. So before I get into this match, what are your thoughts on that? It makes a lot of sense. Um Obviously, you're putting your eggs in the basket that, you know, your Utami, your Sayers are going to be back for Dream Queendom. 
which hopefully they will be. Um, if that's the case, I'm assuming that you are thinking that Tam retains against Suzu. Um, becoming, by the way, the uh, the first person to be unsuccessful uh, since Hanakamura in 2019. Um, fun, just fun little stat there. Um, it does give a hard reset for Dream Queendom. Then they've so they've sort of got a, a blank slate. Um, I mean, if she's fit, you could have a Tam versus Utami or a Tam versus a Sire on the top. You could have a Mirai versus um, Hazuki, maybe, underneath. And then what about Mayu versus Mercedes Monet too? Or, or Mercedes Monet versus Julia, strong title. Yeah. There's a lot they can do. Or, you know, I mentioned it before, Mirai versus that Hazuki works. I think they're going to wait for Hazuki until uh, next year. I think uh, Mirai versus Mina or Mirai versus Micah as your semi-main. But then, you know, where do you... And, and, who, and you might be saying, what are they, they going to do with Suzu Suzuki? I think I think Suzu Suzuki is going to be the artist champion as we uh, come come um, come Monday afternoon uh, in the states. I think that uh, I think she's taking those artist belts with her uh, May and uh, I'm sorry with her uh, Mike and Megan Bain. So maybe you have a title defense there. So maybe a Micah, Megan Bain, and Suzu versus I mean, you know, good grief, you can put really you know Hana, Saida, maybe a Hazuki, something like that, and then you put Mina and Mirai as your co-main event of that show. There's a zillion things they can do. Again, folks, the roster is so stacked. It's so stacked that it's just like if you make a left turn or a right turn, you're gonna get to the destination. That destination is fun for us, the fans. So, yeah. But, um, brother, let me get into this match. Totally agree with you. This was fantastic. I like how they started chain wrestling in the beginning, and then Micah just picks up Suzu Suzuki and just dumps her over the top rope. She does that running lariat off the apron. She's a little bit too cocky for her bridges because she does, forgets that her tag partner there, Suzu Suzuki, or off-again, on-again tag partner Suzu Suzuki, is very comfortable on the outside. So what does Suzu Suzuki do? Just dumps Micah into the front row, but then Micah dumps Suzu into the front row. And it's like, here we go. And then it just keeps building and building. And Suzu Suzuki does a great job of countering everything that Micah does. Micah is able to use that uh, Buzz Sawyer, Ted DiBiase style power slam to get the advantage back. Eventually, Suzu is able to uh, get her advantage back with a lot of those really, really stiff strikes and that half and half slam. And then she goes to the top rope, which I thought was going to be for a moonsault, but apparently it wasn't going to be for a moonsault, my friend. Uh, Micah stops her. Micah hits that phenomenal superplex, but she does something that we've never seen her do before. She hangs on and she hits two Harley race. I've thrown a lot of old references. Uh, two Harley race style stalling suplexes for a two count. Uh, we get back and forth, brutal action in the best way possible between the two of them. And if you listen to this podcast uh, before, folks, if this is your first venture with us, hello. I hope you're enjoying this. But uh, I made mention that Micah has been winning a good majority of these matches with a combination of the 360 Lariat, the Powerbomb, and the Mijinoku Driver. She goes for it here. She hits all three of them. But when she goes for the finish, the Mijinoku Driver, Suzu Suzuki slips out, hits a reverse Hurricanrana. She hits that kick trio right to the head. Tequila shot. She hits the back-to-back locomotion German suplexes. Now, Rob, I I wonder if you bit on this like I did. But it looks like Daichi, when he went to go make the count, it, he slipped and his hand went down. And I thought that was the one. So and did then he I. Hits the yeah, two. I was yeah. Right, yeah. 
And I was like, and I just watched it again. I, I just watched it uh, just maybe about an hour before we were recording just because I wanted to have fresh notes for it. And uh, it did it again. You know, it had, it, like he either slipped or was mispositioned. So I thought that was three. And I was like, oh, what's this? And then Suzu goes to the top rope. And I was like, okay, maybe she's going for the moonsault and then Micah's going to move. At this point, when Micah's getting bombed with all this stuff from the Hurricanrana to the tequila shot, the crowd is chanting Micah, Micah. Micah to the point where it's like Micah is the MVP on this show. Suzu is phenomenal here. I mean, I mean, everybody on the show was phenomenal. Suzu was unbelievable in this match. But like I said before, it's not who goes over, who gets over. No disrespect to Julia, Mumba Watanabe, Hanan, Saida, anybody else that was on this show. The person that was over the most on this show was Micah, even in the losing effort. But yes, Suzuki climbs to the top rope and hits a picture-perfect Sky Twister press. I mean, this thing was fantastic between not only her rotation, but when you're moving that fast in the air after 14 minutes of hard-hitting action, you may land somewhere that's maybe not safe all the way or maybe doesn't look good. Her rotation was perfect. Where the move was put in was perfect because nobody expected it. And she hit it flush perfect on a spot where not only did it look good, but it was safe. What a great way to not only end a great show, but a great match. Obviously, we're going to get into it in a moment, my friend. One of my favorite matches of this tournament. I had it at four and three-fourth stars. Absolute excellent match. And kudos to Micah for now getting over. We've seen her dabble, Rob, in the main event before. She's had a couple of red belt shots against Utami, against Shuri. You know, white belt match against uh, Sai Kamatani, which was fantastic. So you can always put her in the main event from time to time. I think that uh, very much like Mina uh, coming out of last year's tournament, that uh, she is a ready-made main event star. They can put her in the main event at every show, and I don't think anybody would uh, would look two ways about it. Um, completely agree with you. Four and three-quarter stars. Um, I think Micah, she's solidified now. She felt so much like a main event star during this match, and I think, I think you're right. I I do think that she is now a fully bona fide, just another member of this already loaded stardom main event scene. Um, you could put her in any match, and you know she's going to deliver. Um, she can deliver as an underdog babyface, as you can see from parts of this match where she's being chanted for. She can be deliver as a bludgeoning, um, sort of hoss fighter that's throwing lariats and throwing people around the ring like she did with Mariah. She's becoming more and more um, multi-dimensional, which is great as a performer. And again, she's still only young as well, which is mental. But overall, outstanding match. Suzu Suzuki is your five-star Grand Prix 2023 winner. We will be checking our five-star competition to see who wins. I will be amazed if anyone puts Suzu Suzuki, but if you did, give yourself a good hearty pat on the back, and we will be getting to you soon. Um, Speaking, Rob Goodwin, before I forget of the five-star contest, I was able to edge out my wife. She only had two, right, going into the final night where I think I had like six or seven. I was able to get the win after I was losing the entire tournament, not only win, but win by five. So, Kudos to me on a on a big win, big day in the Turner household. It's a good thing she does not listen to this podcast. <laughs> well done, man. I'm proud of you. 
Um, just quickly before we get into our own awards, the five star Grand Prix 2023 award winners, as uh, as awarded by Stardom on the same press conference that they uh, announced the rejigged blocks of the uh, Goddess of Stardom Tag League. Best skills: Azumi, Fighting Spirit, Natsukatora, Outstanding Performance, Natsupoi. The Blue Stars best match was Mirai versus Mika, and the Red Stars best match was Hazuki versus Suzu Suzuki. But, Matt, we are approaching... In fact, we've eclipsed two hours, and uh, simply because I'm worried my girlfriend may behead me if we go on for ages and ages, let's go to our MVPs and our five best matches. Um, Matt, I'll let you go first. Who were your five MVPs or your five best performers of this of this tournament? Number five, I really wanted to put Momo Watanabe at that five position. You know how much I love Momo and the fact that she's really able to sprinkle in a great, great wrestler in with the heel work. But I had to put Tora in there. I thought Momo had better matches than Tora, but the fact that, not that Tora's matches were bad, but the fact that they literally, they took Tora and they made her a badass main eventer all within the span of one tournament. So Tora was my five. Do you want me to give my four, three, two, one, or do you want to do your five? No, I want to hear all of your list. My number four was Micah. My number three was Suzu Suzuki, the winner of this tournament. My number two was Shuri. What a phenomenal performance she put on. And my number one was Natsupoy. Yeah. Um, my number five was Mirai. Um, consistently great matches with everyone she was in the ring with. Number four was Micah. Um, number three, Natsuka Tora. Um, number two was Suri. And number one is Natsupoi. Um, uh, Suzu Suzuki was number six, and Momo Watanabe was number seven. I feel like Momo is another... I mean, to be fair, there are very few people that have gone into this tournament and come out worse than they did when they started. Everyone seems to be, with the exception of Starlight Kid, unfortunately. Um, but everybody else seems to have come out with all new purpose, which is great. Um, now... This is this is perhaps a little bit tricky, Matt. What are your favorite matches? I did text Ralph, full disclosure. I said, Do we want to do five or ten? And I would I was hoping he would have said ten, but he's like, dude, we don't five, please, because we will be here for ages. I'm like, you're absolutely right. Cause uh it's tough. It's really tough. So uh number five is Mina versus Micah from the twenty-third of September. Number four is Mayu versus Natsupoi from the 8th of August. Number three is the final match with Suzu Suzuki and Micah from um, the 30th of September to get in the finals. And my one and two were from night one, my friend. My number two was Julia versus Sayori Ano. And my number one was Shuri versus Suzu Suzuki. Wow, from all the way back on night one. Doesn't that make it two matches? No, no, I was going to say, doesn't that make it two mm-hmm. tournaments in a row where a match on night one's been your favourite? Um, but the final was your favourite. Um, yes. I am going to go. Um, okay, so I've got, a, I've got a pool of matches, which doesn't help. Um, I'm going to go number five, Julia versus Sayoriano. Um, I'm going to go number four. Hazuki versus Suzu Suzuki. Um, number three, I'm going to go Natsupoi versus Suri, the time limit draw. And then number two, Micah versus Marai, 
and then number one, the final, Suzu Suzuki versus Micah. I think Micah. Wow. Go on. No, I was gonna say, wow, big, 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 big Micah list for you, brother. Honestly, I'm I'm convinced now that Micah is she. Micah Micah is the one now. Um, she is the one in one in twenty one and one, or whatever it was. <laughs> um, I thought she. I, I, <laughs> You're saying Micah beat The Undertaker? I, <laughs> what if? Oh, my God. What if what Micah the... defeated the streak? Oh, what is going on? That would be incredible. Maybe we should do that. May, I, oh. Do you know what? I'm going to suggest it. Maybe we should do it as a what if. Um, Absolutely. Let's do it, brother. Uh, before we, real quick, I want to do my EO watch. It'll take all of nine seconds. EO came out with uh, with Bailey. Bailey wrestled Charlotte. Charlotte went over. It set up EO versus Oscar versus Charlotte on the next pay per view. I just wanted to get that in. That's all that happened. Yeah, <laughs> Go, that's the uh, that's the triple threat for uh, for Fast Lane. I'm sure Charlotte Flair will come out with the belt. Final thing before we depart on today's podcast is obviously on the 9th of October we have Stardom's latest pay per view because again. It's Stardom. Stardom got a pay-per-view. Um, and we have the full changed card here now. So on the undercard on the pre-show, we've got six-way battle. Lady C versus Mio Amasaki versus Amisori versus Hanan versus Ruaka versus Yuna Mizumori in a six-way. We've then got Azumi versus Sioriano in a singles match. UWFI rules match, uh, uh, Suri versus Mina Shirakawa. High-speed championship match, Saki Kashima versus Mei Seira. Um, Artist of Stardom championship match, Julia May Sakurai and Tekla, the Barry Barry Bombers, taking on the challengers, um, Micah Suzu Suzuki. Interesting dynamic that's going to have. And Megan Bain in your... Third from the top, we have got the Kairi's final stardom match. Kairi, Nanai Takahashi, and Mayu Iwatani taking on Kogama, Hazuki, and Saya Ida. In your semi-main for the white belt, Mirai defending against Momo Watanabe. And then in your main event, red belt action, Tam Nakano versus Natsuko Tora. Um, I mean, Matt, this is another great card. Um... When I'm not gonna, I'm not too fussed with the pre-show six-way battle. Who do you think's coming out on top in the Azumi versus Sioriano match? Oh, great question. Um, Azumi maybe to set up a future goddess of stardom uh, championship match. You, you know, either when Tommy comes back or maybe they put you know Azumi and Miyu really deep into the tournament. That's a great question. I don't know. That can go either way. That might be the toughest one to pick to be honest with you, but maybe I'm going to go with Azumi because it was a birthday the other day. So happy birthday, Azumi. Matt Turner is picking you for your win over the girl that does the Tom Tondra for a finisher. Tom Tondra. And of <laughs> course, because myself and Matt are both going with Azumi, it does mean that Sioriano will win in four <laughs> minutes. Um, the, it's just the way it goes, man. It's just the way it goes. Um, consistent. Consistent. <laughs> UWF match, Suri versus Mina. Now, we heard from Jesse actually on our interview with her that Mina has got a mean, pun intended, strike on her. However, in a UWF match, you've got to go with Suri. I, I can't see anyone beating Suri in her signature match. 
Yeah. Now that the, I mentioned at the top of the show, the match I was looking forward to the most was the uh, goddess match before you, Tommy and star, like our Tommy and Natsupoy got injured. This is the match I'm looking forward to the most. Uh, again, the whole card looks fantastic, but this is my style of wrestling. Shuri is the best uh, shoot style wrestler in all of Joshi. Again, former uh, kickboxer, former queen of Pancrase, former uh, UFC fighter, and Mina Shirakawa is a phenomenal, phenomenal striker. And the, and the fact you win by submission, she got that the way she works that figure four leg lock in. I'm thoroughly, thoroughly uh, going to be impressed by this match. And this is the match I'm looking forward to the most. But yeah, part it's Sherry's match. Uh, so Sherry's going to get the W here. Yeah, I'm sure um, I'm sure the little Mina will give a good account of herself, but I just I don't see her being Suri in this in this type of match. Um, Saki Kashima versus Maysera for the high-speed title. I've loved Saki's work with the high-speed belt. It's been completely different to the reigns, as I've said before, of Natsupoi, Starlight Kid, Azumi. But I think Maysera is the next champion, and I think this is where it changes hands, Matt. I agree with you. There is the next I don't know if they're done to ready to move off Saki just yet, just because she's been adding something a little bit different. Uh, maybe it happens either, you know, they run it back in a month or two, but I, I hope May Sarah does get the W here because she'll put on better matches against Saki. It's just, you know, that she's, she's more of the comedic wrestler with the flash roll up, but I'm going to say that I think Saki Kashima gets the win here. And then somewhere in the next month or two, May Sarah comes back and wins the, wins the belt. Oh, we're different. Um, we've then got the Artist of Stardom Championship match. I think we're both in agreement here that the Barry Barry Bombers are probably going to drop the belts here to Suzu, Micah, and Megan Bain because I don't see who is getting pinned on that challenger side. You've done all you can to build Megan Bain as this monster. Micah has just come off the tournament of a lifetime. Suzu Suzuki has just won the five-star and has got a red belt match prepped and ready for the winner of the main event. Um, I don't see any of them taking the pin, although although we have got May Sakurai's diving elbow drop to take into account, so there is that. Um, I I think we get new champions here. Yeah, you're right. May, uh, May Sakurai may stack all three of them, hit them with the elbow, and then, uh, you know, that's it. She pins them like the Warrior pin Savage at WrestleMania 7. But yeah, it's uh, I think we're going to have new artist champions. But regardless, this match is going to be fantastic. Uh, Kyrie send-off match. I don't particularly care who wins, if I'm being perfectly honest. I just think this is going to be a fantastic match. Much as I love Sayurida, I feel like Sayurida is probably going to take the pinfall here. But ultimately, it's it's horrible as it sounds. It's not about Sire, is it? It's about Kyrie, and uh, I imagine that the match will probably end with an insane elbow onto Sire Eda for the victory. Um, as Kyrie, you know, rides off into the sunset with whatever she's going to do next, whether it is WWE because that that has gone quiet, or whether she's just going on to uh, non wrestling related pastures. Rob, I'm going to make a bold statement here, and there's a time-honored tradition that on the way out that uh, the person leaving, especially Star, puts somebody over. Now, obviously, it's a six-person match here, and uh, you know it, it looks like that Saeeda is going to take the fall. I'm going to make a bold statement here, brother. I'm going to say Hazuki pins Kyrie here. You're, I'm sorry, say what? Hazuki pins Kyrie. You think Kyrie, who's only had one pinfall since she's been back in early 2022, and that was to Mercedes Monet on a New Japan show. You think Kyrie's taking the pinfall here? 
There it is, my man. Bold prediction. So this way, if I'm right, like, wow, Matt, you were right. If you're wrong, it's like, oh, Matt was wrong again. At least he's consistent, Rob. I feel like the only thing less likely to happen than that is that Nene Takahashi's taking the pinfall. Um, I... I personally think, and it's something we're going to get into in our what-ifs on our Patreon exclusive episodes this week. Um, this month, sorry. Um, next month. We're still in October, Rob. Come on. Um, and I, I feel like Harry's had the opportunity to put over other talent. And, you know, for, for whatever reason it hasn't happened, I don't see it happening here either, to be perfectly honest. Um, I think... I don't think Hazuki needs it, if I'm being perfectly honest. Um, I think if anyone needs it out of those three, it is Sayurida, and I just I do not see this match ending with Sayurida getting the pinfall. Um, I think if it was, you know, if they were taking on maybe a Queen's Quest team that included Sayakamatani, maybe Sayakamatani getting the pinfall win, or Starlight Kids to get the um, to get the win back from um, from Kyrie beating her at World Climax. I'd be surprised. I wouldn't hate it, but I'd, I'd be surprised. Um, I still think Kyrie goes out the way she came in with a victory with a diving elbow drop. Um, my, Mirai versus Momo Watanabe. Love Momo. I think she's had a fantastic tournament, underrated tournament. She doesn't beat Mirai here for me. So you you think Mirai's going to win? I am 100% putting all my eggs in the Mirai basket. I'm going to disagree, and I'm going to say the fans win, Rob. I'm going to say the fans win. But yes, as far as two wins this match, it's going to be Mirai. Yeah, I, I'd be very surprised if Mirai drops the belt before uh, Dream Queendom. Um, uh, and then finally, main event, Tam Nakano versus Natsuka Tora for the red belt. Again, Tora, fantastic tournament. It was in both of our top five MVPs. She's not beating Tam. I'd, don't get me wrong. I think Tora would have a good run as red belt champion. I think she's improved a tremendous amount. She seems to have gained an identity, which was the thing that was most lacking in Tora was the identity and living in Kagetsu's shadow. But she doesn't beat Tam here. I do think it's a matter of time before she wins a top belt. I feel like she needs a top belt, you know, to really cement that leadership of a weather tide to cement herself as the top heel in stardom but I just don't see her beating Tam here. I think, again, similarly to uh, Mirai, I see Tam holding on to this belt until Ryogoku. Yeah, um, they've done a great job. Again, they're building Tora up to feed her to Tam, which is fine. That's what wrestling is, folks. That's wrestling 101. You build up your 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 challenger, especially when it's a heel challenger and a badass challenger. You know, something that, that wrestling's been happening since, you know, the 50s and 60s. And, that's literally what they did here. They used that tournament to build Tor up as a main eventer. She beat Tam, not only in the five side, but you got to keep in mind, she eliminated Tam in the uh, Cinderella tournament as well. So you can add that story where it's like, boy, she has Tam's number. And when it comes down to the biggest match between the two, can she get another win over Tam and come home with that red belt? That's the story. Tam is going in as the underdog. I like this Tam as champion underdog story. We saw it with Megan Bain. We're seeing it here. Great job building Tora up, but yeah, Cam gets the uh, the win here. And the match that I think that is going to surprise a lot of people, I think we all think it's going to be good, but I think uh, I think a lot of people are going to be shocked when it's going to be one of, if not the best matches of the show. Yeah, absolutely. I was I was 
gutted as were as was everyone when Tora got injured against Utami, but I was especially gutted because the start of that match with Utami looked like it was going to be an absolute belter. And I can't wait for Tora to show people what she can do on a big stage. You know, and again, we say it all the time, it doesn't matter if you lose, it's how you lose. And I think if Tora batters Tam around the ring for 15, 20 minutes, I think she's going to come off looking extremely strong. And maybe, you know, we talked about people getting the white belt. Maybe Tora deserves the white belt. Maybe Tora needs the white belt. Um, but that's that's a discussion for another podcast. Um, in the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for sticking with us. Thank you so much for listening. We thoroughly thoroughly appreciate your support um if you haven't already maybe think about leaving us a five star review or a comment or and a comment a comment would be great on the podcast app of your choice um apparently google podcast is going in 2024 so there you go who knew um but you can follow us on all social media at the stardom cast thank you to all of our fantastic patrons over at patreon.com forward slash the stardom cast um if you haven't already you can subscribe for as uh, for as little as three dollars a month you will get all our shows early and ad free and you will get a whole raft of bonus episodes as well just in case you can't get enough of mine and matt's sensual voices um you can talk to me on Twitter at Real Rob Goodwin. Don't forget to check out our Jesse interview, which will be dropping on Sunday in your feeds. Um, Matt, take us home, good sir. Absolutely. Once again, friends, if uh, you are in the Pennsylvania area, you want some Stardom Cast beer, hit me up. We will find a way to get it to you. Of course, you have to be over the age of twenty-one. That is a uh, a big deal, there, folks. Um, folks. Before I sign us off, I just want to say get well to Bipoy. Uh, we'll still be loving the Bipoy on this on this podcast. We cannot say thank you enough to everybody for the fantastic support that you show myself and Mr. Rob Goodwin on a daily basis. It means the world to us. You want to get a hold of me, questions, comments, Matt Turner, OF, on the Instagram and or the Twitter. You want to shoot me an email. That's perfectly fine as well. The Starcast 22 at gmail.com is the best way to get a hold of me via email. Folks, like I always say, it's just not my podcast. It's our podcast because we're all together. Everybody's different. Everybody's special. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hero.co.